Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park I, I turned to him and I said, you know what? God loves you and I'm trying real hard. <laughs> Welcome to Behind the Sins, presented by CinemaSins. Welcome to Behind the Sins, a weekly look at everything going on inside the world of CinemaSins. I'm Aaron Dicer and I'm joined as always by Jonathan Watkins. Hello, hello. And Danae Hughes. My kid survives. We write for Cinema Sins and TV Sins and do various other things inside the Cinema Sins universe as well. Uh, Danae has spoken the the very meaning of being a parent. Just help them survive. <laughs> Just get them through. Another day. Another day. Um, we'll probably have it in the outtakes, but I, it's still apparently really, really in my mind. I literally can think of nothing else right now than my thankfulness that my kid is alive after taking a tumble down the stairs. Yeah. Today. So. Yeah, that's a scary one for a parent. It is a scary one. Especially when you're like, okay, glad you're good. Mommy's got to go to work. (laughs) How long ago did it happen? We didn't really talk about that. How long ago did it happen? Uh, Probably about 15 minutes before I came in here. Oh, wow. So four hours ago. We've been talking. That's that's right. That's how long it takes us to actually start the show. (laughs) We just talk forever. Uh, Speaking of not waiting any longer, uh, glad your kid's okay, Danae. Let's move on. Uh, Let's do it. Let's move on. Congrats, Iris fell correctly. Let's get into this inside scoop. What's he building in there? We're going to take a look at the videos from the week, the process of sending them, how we felt about the stuff that we're sending as well. Uh, we'll kick it off in TV Sins land with Rick and Morty, never Rick and Morty. That's right. We're doing the new season of Rick and Morty as it happens. Uh, how fun is this, guys? It's scary and exciting because behind the scenes, this is something that Aaron's talked about trying to figure out a way to do, but not knowing when was the right time to try to do a kind of quote unquote live sinning experience. And so suddenly it was like, well, Rick and Morty might be the perfect opportunity to Mm -hmm. try to shift the way that the channel interacts with media and do something new. So It's been fun for me because behind the scenes, I've been watching, you know, Aaron have conversations with the A-team and then obviously uh, Jonathan and I. And so we're all kind of trying to get on the same page, like how if we did this, how would it work? So it's it's like a buildup that's really exciting. And then the first one, the very first episode, which we have zero, just like everybody else, we have zero understanding of what it's going to be, was like ridiculously difficult because it was so meta. (laughs) (laughs) 
So it was, it was like, also kind of perfect, though, right? I mean, it seemed like it seemed like the perfect type of episode to launch something like this, specifically with which. I mean, I don't want to like take away Aaron's thunder, but like Aaron started narrating, yeah, with this, uh, with this video, and it like you couldn't have asked for a more perfect way to introduce that, yeah, than what we did. Because you know, thinking about introducing, which you, if you've been listening to the show for any length of time, you've probably heard us mention bringing on other narrators in some capacity at various times. And one of the ideas that has been circulating on TV Sins has been to try to find a way to do it on a show where there's a character or a sequence inside of a plot that has it sort of either having like a multiple dimension or they replace a character with someone else. So like an actor is replaced by another actor like Will Smith's mom in, um, was that show? Fresh Prince. Yeah. Just one of those moments and then kind of like a fun little wink wink bringing in a guest narrator situation. And Rick and Morty also had that opportunity since there's multiple dimensions for Rick and Morty. But Aaron, what have you been thinking? Because this has been something you've been noodling for a while. It's, it, yeah, it's kind of the one-two punch of things we've been noodling for a while, right? It's the it's the contemporary uh, contem- contemporaneous sinning uh, as stuff is coming out, which I think is a great, uh, great move for us to be able to do that, uh, you know, as soon as it airs. So it's one of those things where uh, we've been thinking about that as well as giving Jeremy a little bit of a breather. And so it's it's been crazy town uh, in my brain kind of processing doing this, but I, it really couldn't have gone better to be honest, because the, uh, the, a lot of times when you're putting videos up and stuff, you're concerned about how long before we'll be able to put them up. Is it going to go through a claims process, all that kind of stuff. And it's just kind of flown really smoothly. And we've been able to put them up just, you know, barely over a week after they come out. Uh, and that's been, man, I don't, I don't know that I would have predicted that we would have been able to do that that quickly. Mm. So yeah. no, no, I was surprised because there, there, you know, there's some, I mean, we don't ever get into like the real technical stuff, but there's some hoops. Sometimes we have to jump through, we have to play around with YouTube's, uh, requirements. Titties. Yeah. And, uh, but this, this so far, so far, I don't want to like jinx us like Aaron tried to. <laughs> so far, this has run pretty smoothly. And well, hopefully, yeah. hope, hopefully it keeps running smoothly. We're going to try our hardest to get these out, you know, as quickly as possible. But, the, um, uh, the comment section was interesting too, this time around, which I, which I know we'll probably talk about just sort of as we go here. But like one of the comments that I read was, you know, uh, this vitriol spitting, like, why did it take you so long to get this up on your channel? And I was like, are you kidding me? <laughs> are you freaking kidding me? I didn't you see do that, that comment. That's, oh, man. that's funny. Made me so mad because I'm like, I almost wrote back and been like, well, let's see you try to do what we do. Oh, you know what, in Danae? amount of time. You almost wonder you know if that Hold was on. a joke that just didn't no, 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 come no. off well. No, 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 no. They're talking about Rick and Morty. They're talking about why did it take them so long to drop the second half of season <sighs> four. I'm almost, sure? I'm almost sure of it. Are you sure? I'm almost sure. Not 100% well, it's a sure. good thing I didn't, you know, just unload on them. <laughs> <laughs> I almost did, too. I was like, it was one of those where I was like, are you turning this angry monster? But I try, I really, really try not to respond in anger on comments. Oh, no, there's I'm, no point, especially on trolley comments. No, there's there's no point no. in giving I usually, it back. if someone has a question or something, I'll go on and answer questions sometimes and yeah. go. Well, and I don't mind I don't mind going in the comments and having constructive, you know, 
conversations either. Even if I disagree sure. with somebody, if somebody is is phrasing something in in a way that I find um, respectful as well as valid, you know, right. that's that's something I don't mind interacting with. But when somebody's obviously just you know trolling or trying Bastards. to be mean or whatever, I'm not. You know, I'm just not going to do it. I'm, there's no point in it. <laughs> you're not gonna. You're not gonna go. Uh, I'm trying to love you. Or what, what was that? God. <laughs> God loves you, and I'm trying to. <laughs> yeah, you'll hear that in the the outtakes, probably. Uh, but yes, yes, exactly. Uh, I want um, that's going to be my new like go to comment on YouTube. I think. I'm just that's right. Be, like, that's right. God loves you, and I'm trying real hard. Uh, Back into talking about this process, though, I really do feel though very strongly that this was such a fun way to start off this with Chris writing. Yeah. Um, did you mention that already? I, f- I forget. No, no, I should say, yes, this was uh, Chris and I uh, were the main writers on this. Uh, Jonathan Hopton. I think is, he's written on every Rick and Morty he episode. Definitely we did was a run of these before, if for some reason you don't know that listening. Yeah. 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 So. He he loves Rick and Morty. And, and that's a fun thing to be able to have is, and we've talked about that before, but trying to have somebody on the writing team who is familiar enough with the content to some degree obviously from a narrator's perspective we're kind of trying to play into that less known idea we play around with that a lot but um having somebody that's writing that understands the content is really helpful uh, especially for like for myself where i can kind of ask a question hey is this normal for this character to do or whatever and chris is that person for rick and morty and so yeah he is going to be weighing in on his thoughts of this process too as we continue to release these every as early as quickly as we possibly can every week i feel like chris and aaron though have very similar takes on this show because when i shadowed this when i was reading uh reviewing the script with them i had a hard time figuring out who wrote what yeah and that's usually not and then especially once aaron narrated it then it made it even more confusing because (laughs) you know it was you know he was saying stuff chris wrote or stuff he wrote you know and it was just i don't know it was but that was interesting like you guys you guys definitely had a handle Mm -hmm. on this one um which didn't look like it was very easy to uh to send but right, you guys found I'm some saying. interesting angles to go at i, I this yeah, show that's what comes out of earlier. the it comes out of the gate like a bucking bronco and i'm just standing there like on the team you know like holding the rope going whoo i'm glad that wasn't my bull <laughs> did you watch the episode danae like outside of the sense video did you actually no. see the episode no Aaron, what- not yet so, Aaron, what did you think of the episode? Oh, I love this curious. stuff. I love this stuff. Okay. And, I, and I know a lot of, uh, I shouldn't say a lot. I know there are some fans who are actually tiring of it. Um, I think Chris is maybe tiring of it a little bit. Yeah, he had some thoughts. I'll read them whenever you're ready. Oh, okay, cool, cool. Um, but I personally, this, this is one of the reasons I love this show. I love that it that it's willing to be so meta and throw things away. There are consequences to that. But at the same time, there's also a real cleverness to it that a lot of shows don't get to play with. And this show definitely gets to play with it fully. Uh, And so I I really enjoyed this episode personally. Cool. So what did Chris have to say, Danae, about this episode? Uh, He said, it's interesting watching a show go through a crisis of self-awareness two years after the show left. And there was a contract dispute that left it without new episodes. In a way, this almost feels like what happened after Dave Chappelle got that huge contract for Chappelle's show and ended up leaving it on the table. Rick and Morty has always been self-aware from the final from the first episode, but now the writer's uh, conscious is seeping into the series. They worry about not being original. They worry that they could come up with the plot, uh, a plot that's 
too stupid and lose fans. I swear they must have sprung from Pickle Rick. Uh, <laughs> so they hashed out their insecurities into their art, and you never and you get Never Ricking Morty, the quote story train episode that feels like their own being John Malkovich aboard Snowpiercer. It gives them a chance to say anything goes, and so it does. I just hope that they aren't manufacturing their own license to constantly remind viewers that they're watching a show. For this episode, I really liked almost everything involving the ticket guy. He gets pushed out of the train into some other virtual reality, or is it? (laughs) Complete with a population that has formed religious beliefs about his severed body rotating around an arcade. Love the touch of the dude who believes the universe will collapse as he has sex but then turns on his girlfriend, and as soon as he decides just one time, the world indeed collapses. This is a sort of throw everything at the wall and see what sticks episode, and it works for the most part, and it was fun to sin because the stuff that's ridiculous for you to nitpick is often the most fun. Well said. Yeah, yeah. I don't know that I have a ton to uh, add to that, other than I will say this, and, I, and at this point I'm only speaking for myself as a CinemaSins writer. I think we're all aware of that in what we do, too. The idea that writing these scripts, we, you know, I, I guess... Eight years may not seem like a long time to some people, but to do this week in and week out for eight years of this channel, uh, it's going to feel a sameness that you're battling, right? You're battling this idea of we don't want it to always sound the same, but we do want to play the hits enough that the fans like them. And so there's there's this balance of uh, not being lazy, continuing to grow, continuing to figure out what you want to do. And I have a lot of respect for a show like Rick or Morty or any show that continues to try to fight on and do new things and figure out different ways to do it. And uh yeah, you can you, you fear the that exhaustion thing uh, when you're a creative person where it's like, um, have I have I milked this for for everything that I can creatively? And um, and I, I don't think they're there. And I know I'm not there, you know, with with sitting stuff either. But it's it's one of those things that that I could kind of uh, identify with, you know, mm-hmm. thinking of it in that way. Yeah. Well, you know, it's just like a like a restaurant or something like a Starbucks. They're going to have the same thing on their menu. And people are going to go to it because there's something that they like about the consistency of it. Mm -hmm. And then they're going to have the things that sort of rotate seasonally. And what you get is you have hopefully that wonderful balance of, you know, something as far as entertainment goes, something that everybody that likes Rick and Morty can come to and enjoy um, and, and not be so it doesn't change too much. But. I did. I did think it was interesting to watch both of you as you're writing the script, and I was watching because like, we're all paying such close attention since we're live sending it, you know. And and uh, just to have all the conversations about how are we going, you know, how I'm approaching this one, or this is my thought on this, and just trying to dissect this show that is so self-aware. Again, I'm the girl at the rodeo, just like cool. Got my boots today. I'll bring you water. I will bring you guys water. That's how I'm going to contribute. <laughs> Uh, we should trans, uh, transfer into kind of the, the Sins video itself and talk about uh, some of the stuff. And I'll do it by by mentioning this because I think it applies to what you're saying, Danae. And that's the idea that both Chris and I, when we wrote our scripts, had Sins in Series of Sins about how ridiculous it is that we're even sinning this. Like the idea, yeah. like how do you even do this? How do you know what's a sin and what's not a sin when the show itself is saying everything goes? And right. so I had written um, a series that involved Involved, you know, like, what are we supposed to do? Just throw cat pictures in, you know, kind of thing. And what was amazing mm-hmm. is of the I, I actually don't know the count. I think maybe there's 16 or 17 sins that are. In, I think 
I think it was nine lives. I think I remember being like, oh, nine, nine lives. Oh, okay, yeah, there may have ended up being nine. I think there may have been more than that in the original script. I'll I'll figure it out. Um, But it was one of those things where it was like, uh, we need some sort of visual representation that when we send this, we understand that the show knows. (laughs) Like, we still have to say it even though the show is daring us to say it uh, kind of thing. And so that was a nice little shorthand to just be able, you know, to say, okay, we get it. And so we'll just throw a split second picture of a cat in a costume up there. So, you know, we know (laughs) it's like Mm -hmm. that way we don't have to say it every time. Uh, Yeah. And and you guys did the stuff too. Like, you know, this should, um, this should probably be uh, sin removal. So I'm going to add one. Right. And that's what I was was starting Uh, to say was like, those, those were, those were Chris's, uh, sins and they fit so well with what I was already doing with the cat pictures and so there are more cat pictures on Chris sins than there are Aaron sins even though you know I was the one that kind of thought of that series so it's just it's it was it was really cool to see us kind of mesh in that way and uh, and just be able to kind of put it all together so it was that was fun. one of my favorite parts of the the script is this sounds like it's supposed to be a sim removal so it's not or this mm-hmm. sounds like we're going to be giving one back so we won't and just kind of playing it all in its head about just how the script sort of reflected how silly the show was in that way mm-hmm. and I thought that was really really smart yeah and that's and that's why I was saying the narrator transition was so interesting because mm-hmm. that actually played into it also and it it got us to do something we wanted to do uh it just it just i don't know it was weird it was like this was meant to happen you know i haven't really said danae you asked me how i felt about that whole thing and i haven't really said um it's nerve-wracking honestly it's very nerve-wracking nobody's going to be as amazing uh as jeremy at what he does um you know i i I hope to approach a fraction of that at some point uh Mm -hmm. what what's really going to be interesting is as it continues and i don't think i'm breaking any news for people who listen to this podcast because you know what we've been planning and kind of where we're going um but i will continue to be narrating uh um, these Rick and Mortys and then even more scripts after that. And so this next one is probably what I'm really nervous. And I'm not when I say nervous, I almost mean excited more than hesitant, if that makes sense, uh, because I know there will be people who don't like change. That's always going to be the case. Uh, but it's just one of those things where, it, you know, I, I, I think we'll get through it pretty quickly. And um, I, I'm willing to take the risk if everybody else is kind of thing. I um I was in the comments uh, prepping for the show and you know there's people that are li- like loving it there's people who know who you are there's fans who are responding to people like who is this narrator and there's all this conversation happening and then there was this one comment and of course it's just one and it was like like I don't know how I feel about this new narrator and the response was don't worry Jeremy will be back next week and I was like oh. right so that's what I'm saying when the, you, like I. Um. What I'm saying is before I say, wow, thank you so much, I'm humbled by the positive response because there has been a lot of positive response, let's wait yeah. a few weeks because the, the, the next couple of videos <laughs> are going to be a lot more full of, oh, this is an actual change that's happening. And I mm-hmm. think when people realize that, it, it's going to be hard. I know it. I don't blame. Yeah. I don't blame people at all. Um, you know, I've been through changes like that in my, my pop culture. I, I, you know, was with Mystery Science Theater, you know, as it changed main people and eventually realized, oh, this is still fun even though i like certain yeah. things about this one better than this one there have been bands who have changed lead singers where people thought the world was ending but at the end of the day it's like oh they're just different that's what i mm-hmm. that's i i'm not trying to be jeremy narrating I, that's not my goal my goal is to entertain you to have fun so we can have fun together kind of thing and hopefully at the end of the day it'll be like yeah you're different but that's not all bad kind of right. thing that's that's my goal at least well we can't be jeremy like let's let's pretend like i narrated one day right we can't be jeremy right you know, I'm a different person, yo. 
And um, I should say, I mean, I wasn't worried about it because I don't know how much we've talked about this on this podcast. I know we've talked about it on other podcasts, but, um, you know, Aaron was going to be the narrator originally when we did TV send. Um, I don't even know. Does that does that Game of Thrones pilot video still exist? It sure does. Narrating? It sure does. Yeah. Uh, oh, speaking of which, Game of Thrones pilot episode over a million views. Congratulations. Woo! Thank you. Thank you, everybody. Our first million viewer. Yeah, that clapping um, was for you guys, video. not for us. Okay. <laughs> Well, maybe Woo! a little bit of both. Maybe yeah, we did absolutely. It. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, so that originally that was so I had you know I had heard Aaron do the narration, so I knew he was he was going to be able to do it. But uh, for various reasons, we decided to keep you know go with go with Jeremy when we launched the channel. Uh, what are some of your other thoughts about the uh, the video in general? Who wants to go first? Danae, um, why don't you go? I. I really, of course, I loved it. Um, I've already talked about just being really impressed with all of the cleverness and intellect of, the, of it. And then, of course, the ones that I'm going to be attracted to are the ones that are more like, <laughs> he said two buttholes. So <laughs> it's like the waste of real ass date. It was mm-hmm. just, I'm like, I had, I had, oh my God, grown, but LOL as my note for that one. Right. Um, uh, I loved the, the one that was like, there's probably a point to this, but I'm too lazy to look it up. I realized... <laughs> I could do that for with my sins. Like, what if I decided <laughs> not to research? <laughs> well, and, I think that only worked. I think that worked in this this specific episode. I don't oh, know oh, if that okay. worked okay. in every video. And the, that was about the uh, story circle, right? Uh, yeah. The train being a circle. Well, there definitely yeah. was a point, and the fans will definitely let you know, and they definitely did in the comments. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I am too lazy to look it up. Just right. That we was admitted kind of it. A... Come on. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I also thought it was interesting because since I watched it today, but I remember listening to the audio because I was really excited to hear you narrate for the first time. I ended up writing a Zorg into uh, one of my sins this week for an uh, upcoming episode. I don't know if it's going to make the final cut, but after I rewatched the episode preparing for our show today, I realized that's probably why it was so instantly in my mind i was really proud of myself for remembering this zorg reference and then i watched it today i was like oh it's just because i was educated <laughs> you're talking <laughs> about the, the gun from the fifth element mm-hmm. yeah yes yeah the gun from fifth element that like if you shoot it, it automatically finds its target yeah but probably the most standout thing for me in the episode is not even about the script itself it was the heavy special time <laughs> yes and i had to i had to kind of pause it since i didn't watch the episode fully myself i had to kind of pause it for a second and, and think about how frustrated i became that it was called special time because as a woman who goes through you know this every single month i don't feel like it's special at all I feel like it's sort of a curse but then also um I've been using the word special for Iris when I'm trying to trick her into like liking vegetables. Hey, Mm -hmm. Iris, look at this special carrot. Yeah. (laughs) Or, hey, we're going to go on a special car ride or something like that. And then she's like, oh, it's special. And I realized I'm sort of manipulating my child. And then I felt manipulated by this heavy special time moment. (laughs) So I had to kind of stop and like just be emotional about that and then move on. So it was a fun. I really, but the video was Amazing and great and definitely one of the most epic, especially considering what we're doing this uh, with this series right now. The uh, the heavy special time section um, is the best section of the show. And what you're picking up on is intentional um, mm. because it is it is Morty trying to tell a female 
centric story in failing completely. Like he gotcha. He's complete. He's because the idea is in order for them to break this story narrative uh, device that is driving this train, like it's the power for this train. The the uh, Rick says they have to do something that is outside of what they would usually do. And so he's like, you know, oh, let's do, uh, you know, a feminist kind of story. We would never do that. And so it's, it's Morty trying to, you know, gotcha. um, complete the Bechdel test, which I loved Chris's sin on the Bechdel test was one of my favorite things. Yeah. yeah, I didn't know who wrote that one. That was one. I wasn't sure which of you wrote, but yeah, that was great. And that's really funny that Jurassic World <laughs> uh, passes, passes the Bechdel test. Yeah. That is that's amazing. Yep. Um, and you guys did the same breakdown with when the show tried to get religious um, or tried to introduce like, <laughs> Chris, you know, uh, the religious element. It is so um, sincerely religious in that section. Yeah. It's crazy yeah. how accurate it is to the sinner's prayer, the the emotion of like it is it is sincerely evangelical in that moment. It's mm-hmm. very strange. Very strange. And veggie tales. Yeah, VeggieTales and Salty. <laughs> Salty the Psalm book was in there and all these other, you know, cartoon characters that I could identify. I didn't know who the dragon was. That was the only one I I, I didn't remember the dragon. But anyways. I definitely I'm definitely too old for Veggie Tales, but I worked at Chick-fil-A in high school and we had a lot of a lot of veggie tales yes. uh, yeah. uh, material that we gave out in kids and stuff. So I was well aware of it. Yeah, that whole that whole scenario was both funny and also kind of like what? And uh, I thought the sins uh nailed that. I don't really have much else to add you guys have hit all the all the great stuff about it the only thing i will say which is just kind of funny from a behind the scenes standpoint uh when when you're watching those cat pictures they're really funny Mm -hmm. just from like a a fan perspective or just somebody watching the video but as someone that has edited an insane amount of cinema sense videos and and tv sense videos and whatnot they were it was just like i was just seeing fragments like constantly and it was (laughs) it was it was driving me nuts (laughs) like it I'm was like, I get why this is funny but it's also giving me a headache. It was I, uh, it was exactly how I imagined it. Yeah. Um yeah, well I, that that's why that's what that was the note I made I think. I was like Aaron if this is what you think it's supposed to be like <laughs> I am all on board. I was like but I'm just I'm just I'm seeing fragments. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I wanted it to be subliminal even. Like I just wanted in yeah. in the mm-hmm. comments are are certainly a, a testament to the fun of it because some people are like did I see a, a cat custom and it's all different times or whatever and then other people are like you know i froze i did freeze frame on all the cats and i love every one of them and it's just it was yeah it worked out nice i liked it yeah i mean you guys just yeah it was we you guys nailed it just it was really well done one of my probably one of my favorite tv sense videos uh yeah yeah, Especially considering how much is going on behind the scenes to make it possible. We're really pushing mm-hmm. outside of what we normally do and testing in a way a new format, but not. So yeah, it's a it's a really fun that's a fun yeah, one. Monday Mondays and Tuesdays are super interesting right now. Yeah. Um it is like breakneck. I was making me think about here. our conversation earlier about recording. Like there's no way we could do Mondays right now. Um, no. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. No. <laughs> well, moving on to another piece of animation that is ridiculous, but this time not so self-aware. Uh, we're going with uh, Scooby-Doo, A Night of Fright is No Delight. Uh, this was a Dicer Walking script. Jonathan and I wrote on this. This was fun to write on. Mm-hmm. I had a great time. This was, kind of, so. um, this was uh, because of all the movie shuffling and stuff, release date shuffling. This mm-hmm. was kind of, uh, uh, I'm, I can't even think of the term I'm trying to use, but the, we just kind of threw this in. This wasn't originally on the schedule, and mm-hmm. uh, we just mm-hmm. decided to do it a couple weeks before. I think actually Made In suggested it. Yeah. And uh, I'm really glad they did. It worked out. 
it worked out really well. This was a blast. Like I did too. I loved this video so much. You guys had such a fun time with it. I mean, part of it's, I think I've said this before, so I apologize, apologize if I sound like a, a broken, 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 broken record, but <laughs> I love watching the old animations. They're so, mm-hmm. they're so interesting to me now looking back on the foundation of entertainment in that way i think you guys make a a reference to um the repeating of like the running and the repeating of just certain things like it's 60 percent running or something like Mm -hmm. that you had an equation in there and realizing even like disney they would completely redo dance sequences and uh animate over the top of older animation so they wouldn't have to redraw stuff and Mm -hmm. it's just i i just don't remember thinking that whenever i would watch older animations when i was a kid so and scooby was one that i don't remember where i saw scooby or how little i was when i saw scooby but i remember watching a lot of scooby at some point in time maybe being babysat at grandma and grandpa's or something well and there's no telling which variation of it you saw either there's so many different there's so many different scooby-doo shows uh Mm -hmm. you know over the years i mean they're still making these they just had one that ended a couple years ago like a three season it was like be cool scooby-doo something like that right well and I remember, yeah. uh, like, as I was watching your guys' video on this, I'm having this, like, of course, nostalgia of these characters and seeing the animation differences. Like, for example, um, anytime a wall is going to open or a tile is going to move, it's always discolored. Yeah, yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. And I remember that from when I was a kid, almost figuring the puzzle out. You're drawn to this area of the animation and then, you know, it opens up because your your eyeball is drawn there. The ones that freaked me out is when I couldn't tell where it was going to come from, you know, and but it almost <laughs> always was discolored. Uh, and there's just so much there's so much you can sin about the animation, but you guys found a way to actually sin that any of it makes sense in a good way, because obviously Scooby-Doo is just silliness. It's none of it stands up, really. Um like for me, I would sometimes maybe want to send the animation style when I first started working with you guys. And I remember us having a conversation about we try not to send the animation style because it's often very purposeful. Uh, but if you can find a clever way to do it, you know, do it. Um, and so sometimes it'll pop up when I'm writing something. But in this case, it was just ugh, your guys' sins were just so, so much fun. I really, really had a good time. But I have to ask before you guys before you guys. Talk about your experience watching this. Uh, who was responsible for this sin about the X Men theme music? <laughs> I think I wrote that. Yeah, I wanted to. Uh, I was. I wanted to take a sin off for the for the theme song, and then I remembered that we got so much shit for not doing it yeah. for X Men. Uh, um, I laughed I so hard. I decided to bring that up. <laughs> the one though that I think most people would be surprised by is that Aaron wrote the supernatural son. Yeah, yeah. I didn't even think about it. I, I didn't even think about it. even when he wrote it when he said Winchester. I was trying to figure out what he meant because I was thinking like, is he talking about like the Winchester house? And then I was like, oh, duh. And uh, people loved that sin, by the way. Like there was a lot of comments on that sin. Well, that's a tag team, um, obviously, because I don't watch Supernatural, yeah. and there's there's yeah. a, there's a reason everybody is 100 percent sure you wrote that sin because you watch Supernatural and I <laughs> yeah, don't. This, yeah, and I mentioned the Scooby Doo episode. Yes, exactly. Uh, that's so it's a tag yeah. team. You you had mentioned that this was the episode that Supernatural when they got all weird uh, apparently descended into, or again, I haven't seen mm-hmm. the episode, so I don't know. So, um, but as soon as you mentioned that, I was like, well, you know, we'll put that in the script. And then, um, you know, so I wrote a little yeah, note I'd down. Yeah, I'd forgotten about it. So, yeah, yeah. 
it was perfect I, I i really like the episode does not contain a uh and then to do winchester there i think i think worked do really you, well do you have like a an association with this show at all like or any version of this yeah show, i mean or? pretty lightly pretty much the same as anybody my age would have um which is just that it was on a lot uh in yeah, a lot well, of different like versions day. yeah and so if you were looking to land on something as a kid uh you know a channel uh cartoon network once we had cable that kind of thing um or not cartoon network was there a cartoon i can't remember maybe nickelodeon even when i don't know we were kids yeah maybe it may be like we were a little older but um it was just on like our local affiliates like yeah. you know our local fox or whatever they'd show it like two o'clock in the afternoon yeah syndication even it probably was in syndication yeah. in some slots or whatever yeah. and i just i i did watch some of it i always thought mm-hmm. it was funny and just goofy and i loved when the globetrotters were on because i i love basketball and <laughs> yeah. I thought that was always the best yeah uh, the globetrotter episodes were the best things ever but uh um, like don knots and yeah. jonathan winters yeah and all kinds of fun yeah uh but just but not in a way that i was a fan it was just something mm-hmm. that was always around and i enjoyed per- similar in some ways although this is obviously different because it started when i was um you know kind of growing up was like saved by the bell or something like that where it's just like mm-hmm. i wasn't a huge fan or anything but everybody my age saw it it was just something that i don't it's so different now there there it's so different now it's just you know the only thing that you can that my kids talk about everybody seeing are memes they don't watch the same tv shows or movies yeah. or whatever it's we it's just such a fragmented pop culture experience for them and for us it wasn't like that everybody watched the same stuff it was just mm-hmm. exactly was crazy. well and and i you- will say if people now want to check out scooby-doo and they don't necessarily want to watch the older stuff uh, there was a one that came out a few years ago like 10 years ago it's called i think it was just called scooby-doo mystery inc and it was like actually like a like a convoluted like uh like there was like a there was like a main storyline to it and like it went for like three seasons and it was like kind of detailed and it's I don't know. It was, it was very different than the other like versions. CSI Scooby. Yeah, kind of. I mean, but I mean, kind of, well, I was gonna say more like like it had like uh, it was kind of like Lost or something. Like it had like continuing storyline uh, throughout the series. Um, so it was kind mm. of interesting. But I I still love watching these. Um, and it could be a nostalgia thing. I've always been a huge murder mystery fan. So like just mysteries in general. Yeah. So like that this was always an appeal to me growing up. I was also like as a kid I watched a lot of like Universal monster movies and stuff. So this kind of had that appeal to me because you had like the different right. Uh, even though they weren't really monsters but you had the different uh creature designs Mm -hmm. um and i love like the like the color scheme is like just so like this probably is a nostalgic thing but like it just makes me happy to like go back and watch these like it it may like i just want like some chicken soup and (laughs) i don't know (laughs) i just be like parked in front of the tv Um, it it has a feeling to it kind of like if you have a certain smell that brings back memory maybe like a cookie or something yeah and scooby does feel safe but also mysterious Mm -hmm. at the same time you know because when you're really little those ghosts are freaky so i i have a feeling a lot especially like people that grew up to be horror movie fans i have a feeling that scooby-doo probably played some part in uh in their development um because that's that's a that's a kid's thing you know Mm -hmm. to say like a like a horror thing for kids basically but uh yeah no and this was just this was fun because i mean there was the obvious stuff you could god that goldfish like i'm that drove me nuts i couldn't i mean i was like how 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 did they why did they do this and like clearly they just didn't care yeah 
Um, they weren't going to go back and redo it, you know, at that, you know, for, for that type of show, but, um, yeah, that's stuff what I'm like talking that about was that you guys pointed easy. out. That was really good. Yeah. Yeah. I, my, 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 one of my favorite ones is when you talked about reading a newspaper on a topless motorboat. <laughs> and it, that was Aaron. Of course, then it switches over to, yes, I just said topless motorboat, but I was still like, oh my God, they're literally flying across the water and her newspaper is it's as if she's just standing inside somewhere. Mm-hmm. And then you know, just... the driver of the boat takes the newspaper <laughs> and reads it. Yeah. Freaking funny. Uh... Um, it was so funny. Yeah, that was one, too. I remember the topless motorboat. I remember Barrett uh, reviewed this, you know, uh, helped us with this one. And uh, I just remember his note was just nice. <laughs> <laughs> nice. The, the other uh, the other the other note i remember on this one was uh, a common note that, that we will see on scripts sometimes from each other which is i hate this sin and i love this sin uh uh-huh. and that was for the uh dogs don't talk sin <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> which may yeah be... aaron wrote that i mean and like i thought about it and i was glad he put it in because i was like yeah we can't i mean can we really send that but then aaron did it i'm like yeah sure it's my can. it's my favorite thing yeah. Because it is trolly, but at the same time, true. It, it, yeah, it's a sin, it, right? It, like, I dogs mean... don't talk. That is true. And yes, the whole show is kind of based around it, and so it's kind of trolly, but at the same time, it's just like, it's one, I love the fact that so many people are going to try to argue that shouldn't be a sin. It's like, mm-hmm. okay, show me a talking dog then, and I'll take the sin away. <laughs> like... <laughs> well, and also, within that show's world, it's not like every animal talked either. Right. So... I mean, you did have so like Scrappy Doo and Dino Mutt and stuff like that, but I mean, I don't know. I, yeah, you know, Anyways, it's a that, sin. That that was fun. It's for definitely me. a sin. Yeah, uh, that was a fun one. Danae, what else uh, from the video did you see that you liked? Oh my gosh, uh, so much. The sin where the orchestra was really loud. I remember, like, as soon as it started, I was like, "Damn, that music is so loud!" I don't even know what was said. And then the sin was about the music being more distracting than Velma's thigh high socks. So, which one of you is into thigh okay, high socks? Okay, okay, hold on, that's hold on. that's definitely Aaron. Yes, it, <laughs> I, I I've written two thigh high. Th- I have a thing for thigh mm-hmm. highs. That's okay. Everybody can know it. That's fine. <laughs> but it's it's one of those weird things. And I guess I'll say this now. Um, when I was growing up, uh, Scooby Doo was one of the the shows that was uh, key in my, let's just say, development. Um, oh. I found Velma and Daphne so attractive. Um, of course. I, yeah, it was one of those. And a lot of people talk about Scooby-Doo as kind of a sexual awakening kind of show for them. And I, I get that, totally get that. There was a comment that somebody said the original people who animated this, that Velma is 15 in this show. And then I felt icky. Then I felt... Like, oh, I was like, no. And it was like one of those... I don't think that's true. I, I think they're adults. They I, seem I like adults to me. But here's the thing. Even if even if they were animated to be that age, I was that age when I was having these... Yeah, exactly. These fe- and so it's weird to remember those feelings and then mm-hmm. kind of confront like an older me having well those, and it's, it's almost like sometimes there's certain things that you're like like maybe for for sin writing in the future where you're like ooh yeah just a cartoon just a cartoon kind of a feel and yeah. you're like you know what my extra filter is hey google how old was thilma <laughs> <laughs> well in later versions there are some versions i mean there was one called a pup named scooby doo where they were kids but i mean in that version i always got the impression they were like college age but i had the same i was having a conversation with somebody the other day talking about like jennifer Connolly, like in like 80s movies like labyrinth mm-hmm. where yeah. she's like 15 but that was my age you know like i was younger than her at yeah. the time and like i fell in love with her at the time sure. you know, like, but you know so i can still look back and think of it that way i'm not looking at her 
now and being like, hey. <laughs> right, but <laughs> there know, is but, that uh, same version of nostalgia that's weird, right? Yeah. There's a nostalgia I, for yeah. that feeling that's strange. But I will say, I didn't realize she was underage whenever I was like, okay, who's got the thing? So I was not trying to no, no, like, no, you're fine. upset the cart here. <laughs> no, okay. no, no. I was already <laughs> going to talk about this because it yeah, was very no. interesting to me. And I was wrestling with what, you know, that kind of thing. Now, first of all, I will say again, I think they all look older than that in the animation anyway. I think they look like they are college students. That's just what sure. I always assume. Um, but well, they, I will they also say that, dr- I, you know, I had a crush on Alyssa Milano when she was in Who's the the boss and she was definitely way underage but that's yeah you, well, it, you're growing that's a great up. example because she's our age like i grew up with her right yeah uh, so yeah. i don't know it's a, it's a weird thing that we all have to deal with and you know I think all right we can well then who made her die curious that was me as well Oh, Aaron. <laughs> <laughs> she has she's right. a legend time out she, yeah, she is time a, out for you <laughs> she is a legend though in in the uh the lbgt community um, like mm. she, she is just a lot of people talk about their sexual awakening, uh, various sorts of people talk about their sexual awakening. With oh, that's Velma. so interesting. Yeah. Well, and I'm sure, I'm sure Linda Cardellini playing her in the live action one for people that were younger when that, when those came out, yeah. um, I'm sure that was for them as well. Yep. And I also like the sin about running on all fours, but then like the shape in the door was as, as if he's standing up and I just had to pause and go, Oh my God, they're right. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, it's like all of a sudden he just stood up. Yeah, yeah. That was, and then Aaron wrote the one about the 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 uh, the tomb uh, being uh, Academy Award shaped. Oh, that was fun too. Yeah, uh, I like the sin about the just sitting the Confederate flags. <laughs> yeah, was... we had we uh, we both wrote some stuff there, and I think that was Aaron's. I think. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that was because that was weird. <laughs> Um, the other couple that I wrote down was the sequence about the fan and, you know, projecting or propelling them forward and being able to lift off and all this different stuff. But then at the end, after this rant, it's like, which is all ridiculous because you need a surfboard to do that. And I thought that was just a really clever, it was just a clever way of being just as stupid as the show, but you know, in our little cine brain way. Um, and last but not least, the show not explaining how they managed to fly or appear transparent at any point in time. That's the kind of stuff that I think is really fun to be able to point out for a show like this. So that is a huge problem with the with that series. Like they do every all the episode time. of that show, they could yeah. just like they were it's like, wait, that was somebody in a costume but yeah. they were flying? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. In fact, Jonathan, you mentioning that one of the reasons you like the show is the murder mystery part of it. Mm -hmm. And one of the reasons I always kind of brush this show off was because of how fake the murder mystery part of it was. Like it never. I guess murder is not a good word. to use. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. But the mystery mystery part of it. it. Yeah. But just just the idea that they would get to the end and be like, oh, it was somebody in a costume. And I was like, that doesn't make any sense. (laughs) Well, and then and then like you pointed out, like and, and, and most of them didn't even do anything like that was a crime. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. There was a there was an SNL sketch that was like kind of making fun of that where like they brought somebody along and they ended up shooting the person that was dressing up and like and they're like I don't even think what they did was a crime. <laughs> Uh, I'll mention a couple. Were you done, Danae? Was that? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'll mention a couple others uh, that I that I really liked. Uh, I liked the noticing that Scooby was brushing his teeth with soap. Um, yeah. I definitely didn't mm-hmm. see that. Uh, Jonathan noticed that, and I thought that was really good. Um, and then I I giggled at the. Um, I mean, there would be a million guesses that would come to mind before ghost dancing, right? <laughs> because she does. She berates him. It's like you know, it's obvious, yeah. and it's like it is so not obvious. No, yeah, not I like at all. that. What about you, Jonathan? Anything you uh, wanted to add? 
I liked his eyes were red, which we both actually wrote that. Mm-hmm. I thought that was kind of funny that we both like well, his eyes aren't his eyes are red. They're not green. Yeah. And uh, the feeding your organ thing, I wrote that. I, that was silly and childish, but uh, uh, I thought it was funny, and apparently other people did too. And I didn't realize that apparently because that wasn't really nostalgic for me, but apparently that feed your organ thing is a is like a fan uh, favorite bit from mm-hmm. I guess this episode. So. Oh, that's fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah yep. it was a lot of fun. Uh, animation has definitely tried to be a you know uh, a little more. I just I think back at like the the corks popping like you pull one and all of a sudden all of them are popping somehow you know yeah. and you're just like yes. they didn't care they were just like we need all the corks to pop so they're popping yeah uh ready to move on to music video since let's do it yeah uh this is six nine and what is this what is this run that we're doing of just turkey booties what is it <laughs> turkey booties that's what culture is all about I have in my this is literally all I have in my notes for comments on this video and it's all I'm going to share as far as comments on this video uh, which by the way the, the song is gooba uh, and it was a, a share Barrett share script uh, I just wrote Barrett is trying desperately to make me lose faith in humanity <laughs> that's, that's my only note hey Barrett, Barrett was very nice um, that's all I'll say. This guy, this guy's, this guy's very interesting. And uh, but I mean, he was just a, he was just going at the the video and the and the song itself. So he he did what he should do. And uh, yeah, this song's terrible. I, I know, know nothing about, about it. it. I have nothing to say about it. Did Barrett have anything to say about it? Um, he said, uh, okay, regarding the music video, this guy has a lot. Of real world baggage, including mm-hmm. a commuted sentence for a jail term that was supposed to last a long time, some charges of statutory rape, and a lot of gang activity. But obviously, none of that had anything to do with the Gooba video we just did, uh, which is horrible enough on its own. The guy's gotten popular for having an out size personality but also for palatable songs and here he's just sneering and yelling out nonsensical insults that any schoolyard bully would be embarrassed to use but the thing that bothered me most about this video is the lack of originality some of that may have to do with the covid lockdown but he clearly got some girls over to wherever they filmed this and they definitely weren't distancing so i don't think that's an excuse (laughs) i'm sorry i just I don't know why I found that funny. Basically, it was butts jiggling around, a bunch of middle fingers, showing jewelry, and a bunch of fuck the haters content. I'm not against any of those per se, but they've all been done many times before. I will say I do like the color palette of the video, especially where indicated in the video about the women in the solid colored outfits. Anyway, overall, this video is butt. (laughs) <laughs> I'll, I'll agree with him on that the color palette's nice my first thought uh when i watched this was that i felt bad that i hadn't watched it soon enough to warn you that there was a, a shark at the beginning and i wondered oh my if, god uh, i immediately stopped i was just like fuck this video yeah <laughs> that's all i need yeah yeah i wondered i wondered yeah that one... even... oh are you talking about the jewelry no no there's like jewelry? an animated shark no, it starts with an animated oh. shark yeah yeah a, a very mouthy tv mm-hmm. one yeah. thank god it was animated i remember that now but whatever i just You know, this is one where when I was talking with Barrett, I think he actually started to go into the comment section on this one, which I don't know that he does very often. Did you guys see that? Yeah, no, I saw this. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, he kind of, for whatever reason, this time around, he decided to go into the comments. (laughs) That was um, pretty funny. 
and I'll, and just interact with the fans and talk about stuff. And I don't know if it's, I don't think it's necessarily like defending the video. It's just sort of being present in the comment section, which I find to be really hilarious. Yeah. Uh, so, um, yeah, so he had some time, some fun times there. I don't know if maybe, I don't know. This one feels like it's more uh, like vitriol in the comments. I think it's because the fan base is a little bit, I don't know. Yeah, I, d- I definitely didn't spend a lot of time there. Hard? Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. it's like, I mean, and I don't suggest Googling this guy or trying to figure anything out, but it's just kind of one of those things where he's done some stuff that's not great. And, um, well, and, and it's has, interesting. He has defenders, you know. Because it feels like the defenders are really like hate, like hate filled defenders, and the people mm-hmm. who don't like him are filled with hate too. So the comments are just like, like nasty. Like Sarah says, why does he look like a unicorn threw up on him? And then Chris says, don't insult unicorns like that. And then it just explodes yeah. after that, you know. <laughs> Just yeah, stuff yeah, like yeah. this that's kind of happening. So yeah. we definitely hit an interesting fan base one. I, but, I really don't have any comments on it either, though, except for it's just, you know, I, more I just, But I love what Barrett, that thing where Barrett tweeted that out about the guy was, like, <laughs> making fun of him for, like, you know. I, I don't remember what he called the video. He was just, like, socially unaware of the, vi- the, the MVS video or something like that. And then Barrett made some joke about what is this YouTube you speak of. And then the guy said, oh, I didn't realize you'd read this. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Apologize. Very. <laughs> Apologize for insulting him. Very common. That is a very common thing when you yeah. actually respond uh, to people is that they're like, oh, I was just being a YouTube troll character. I'm, I yeah. actually like you. Can we be friends? Um, so, yeah, it's And it's I've, I've made jokes before and some, you know, and the person involved with whatever I was making a joke about has commented on it. Not necessarily like that. Like, I don't think it was that direct, but I'd still be like, I mean, I didn't really, you know, I, I mean, that probably didn't come across as, as funny as I thought it would. You know, yeah. It happens. But, yeah, it does that's, but Yeah, it is very common. Before, before we move on to the main channel, I do want to say that today while I was looking at the comments for this video, I did come across my favorite username so far. Can I read it to you? Sure. Mm-hmm. This is the name. This is the, this is the name. I'm probably totally and completely wrong, but so that means <laughs> that every time you read it, it says, <laughs> so like when Josh replies to him, it says, Hey, I'm probably totally and completely wrong, but I don't think he meant it like that. Like, <laughs> so every time That's somebody awesome. reads his name, they're reading it like, <laughs> I don't know. That's just really funny to start off every single thing you every everything you comment on with that as the preface. That's just brilliant. Yeah, that's smart. I I had a couple things in the video. Yeah, so did um, I. If if that's cool. Yeah, Um, go for it. But I just is he worried about forgetting his stage name? Just talking about all the all the six nine tattoos Mm -hmm. and oh my god! I just like this guy must have gone through some serious pain. Like I hope he used like uh like skin ointment and stuff but you know or, or what do they call that skin deadening before he got all those tattoos because when i look at his i just i just think that must have been very painful um my favorite is the the tattoo of his face with the tattoos on it on his chest <laughs> yeah that that's like rick and morty levels of meta that's insanity um let it never be said that this asshole is not a role model um and then we already talked about the palette color i i thought it was really funny too when barrett had the uh, i wouldn't say mad so much as disappointed <laughs> it's very parental I that was i loved it it was yeah. very parental <laughs> just disappointed in you just disappointed 
Uh, I had a couple too. I, uh, I, for whatever reason, the phrasing of first person to think this is a rebellious gesture uh, in the cliche, the cliche <laughs> about flipping off. Uh, and then that part you were mentioning about him forgetting his name, uh, what made it for me was yeah. the mirror thing where he briefly thinks his name is 96. Uh, just, <laughs> yeah. Made me laugh quite a bit. Uh, all right, let's move on to Cinema Sins. Uh, we'll start with 28 Days Later. This was a Cher Watkins script. Uh, Barrett and Jonathan wrote on this. Um, and I, for the first time, I think, in this uh, in this podcast, actually watched a movie so that I could talk about what I thought of the movie because I hadn't oh, seen it you yet. Had never, you, you had never seen this? I had never seen I'm not, you know, I'm not a oh, okay. zombie movie kind of guy or horror movie kind of guy. Oh, I, no, I know. I know. But this was, you know, this was actually critically lauded. Exactly. Was, you know, a, yeah. a lot of non-horror people watch this movie. Yes, yes. And I just was not one of them until yesterday. Mm-hmm. So I watched the movie yesterday um, and I didn't like it. I didn't think it was all that okay. great. Um, I, and and a lot of that has to do with some of the things that are mentioned in the sins video, uh, that I, I thought were legitimate. I think the, the performances are good and I enjoyed, uh, you know, Killian Murphy doing his thing. I think he's, he's fantastic. Um, Brendan Gleeson's great too. Um, Christopher Eccleston, uh, is is great as well. Uh, I just I just didn't have a good time. So I just the story didn't. Yeah, we didn't, didn't do lock a Doctor Who's that. Yeah, I just realized that. Yeah, Damn, you're slacking. Miss, missed opportunity. <laughs> missed opportunity. Um, <laughs> I don't really get good Doctor Who vibes when I'm watching his character in this movie though. So I'm assuming this is one of those one of those movies that people can have already taken their drink uh, for Danae not watching it. Nobody thinks that Danae has seen this movie, right? <laughs> I hope I hope that's the case. <laughs> Did you watch the video? Nope. Okay, okay, I wondered if you would. I wondered if you would. Yeah. Um, I, I actually, I thought this was going to be like a sobriety movie. Oh, interesting. But but I think it's because there was a movie that came out quite a long time ago with, yeah. oh, what's her name? Um, Sandra Bullock. Sandra Bullock. Yes. Called, was it called 28 Days or something? 27 Dresses. 28 Days. I actually, I wrote a sin. I took it out before I sent it to Barrett. I wrote a sin at the end of the, at the end of the script. It said, this movie, this movie does not contain Sandra Bullock. And okay. And I was like, eh, it's kind of silly. So. so yeah, I guess in my mind, I was like, oh, we're doing this like old school Sandra Bullock thing, right? And so, <laughs> <laughs> so I went to go look at the synopsis on um, IMDb to prep and it's like, horror zombie. And I was like, well, <laughs> <laughs> I'm out. I guess my show prep just got a little shorter. Yeah, it's not. I'm not a zombie movie fan either. I should I preface that by saying, um, but I'm with Baird on this movie. I think this movie's really good until there's about 30 minutes left. I'm sorry, Danae. I did not realize you were still good. That oh, that's okay. Out. That's no, you're super okay. I just was. Uh, I did read a little bit of like the synopsis that there's something to do with monkeys, and then that's mm-hmm. and then there's a rapist. So that's great. Yeah, that's that's the part I don't like. It, uh, the the it it's one of those things where it's kind of like Walking Dead, where it's like it's not enough that we have like these killer and, and they call them infected. They don't call them zombies because they're not really they're not dead. I don't think. Although Aaron, I mean, I, I kind of I, Barrett was saying he didn't really think the movie was clear about that. I thought it. I pretty much thought it was saying they weren't dead. I can speak to this. Um, uh, it is. It is okay. one of the things I agreed with the the video about. I don't think the rules of this universe are explained well enough that I was uh, that I was able to get yeah. invested. Um, mm-hmm. However, having said that, I don't think the movie itself is contradictory. I just think it's confusing because it doesn't it doesn't let yeah. you know what's happening, and that's okay. 
if you can figure out contextually what's happening. And if I, my brain was saying, was asking questions the whole time. I never came to a conclusion. So I was confused. Were they alive? Were they dead? Uh, how do you kill them? Um, are they just humans who had never died and they just had a disease? And I think I tried to land there, but that didn't always make sense. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. I, so, so that, is the, is the basic premise that somebody like got infected by monkeys? Yeah. It's similar to like, uh, it's like a virus was spread. Uh, they okay. were, they were doing testing on, on monkeys. It was a, it was a rage virus is what they okay. called it. And, uh, some, uh, uh, animal activists, uh, decided to break in and release the monkeys. And then that ended up spreading spreading the virus it's actually it's and we we took a sent off for this uh it's a really cool opening like the first like like the first like 12 minutes of the movie is really interesting because it's like you you know like it's one of those great uh screenplay writing uh like screenplay 101 kind of scenarios where they set up everything so well uh with so little like you know dialogue and 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 whatnot mm. But uh, this was only the second time I had seen the movie. I had only seen it once when it came out. I thought it was okay. I didn't really think much about it. Uh, then people started talking about how much they loved it, and uh, and then so then I watched it again for this. And um, so so uh, where does it where does the movie go? Like, is there a resolution that feels good by the end, or is it no. sort of like apocalyptic? Well, it tries everybody... to right. It tries to have a happy ending. Um, oh yeah, no, I'm and, sorry. Yes, you're right. But here's yep. the thing, and, and again, this is this is part of my issue with the movie is because I was confused about what was going on or what the rules of this disease were. I couldn't be as invested in the survival part as I wanted to because I didn't know what they had to do to survive. I didn't know yeah. what the point was. Like, what's the goal here other than just running away? Um, and then it makes this second act thing with this these military guys who just want apparently women to rape that's apparently just you know that's I mean, what they maybe have that's a relationship with them but yeah they want women that's I, that's yeah that's for sure. <clears throat> well they, including and they, and they don't care how old the women are i should point right out. yeah and and that becomes kind of like then all of a sudden that's the main enemy which okay and so then they just are trying to escape from there is no yeah. when you say resolution I didn't find any kind of like resolution to the survival part of it or anything like that. It was just they escaped from those guys and then all of a sudden a plane was capturing them. And I, there, I don't know. And there is weird. a sequel. There is a sequel 28 weeks later, but I don't think that was planned originally. Well, cause, um, yeah, because there is this thing that one of the guys is like, it, it didn't take over the world. It just took over England and they're just letting us die here because there's this disease on this island. And I'm assuming that's what the sequels are about, um, having never seen them. I've only seen, I've seen the sequel once too. I, I don't remember much about it. Danny Boyle didn't direct it. Um, I think he's involved though. But I was trying to, yeah. So, so this is a pretty. Int- I mean, Alex Garland wrote this, and mm-hmm. and uh, and Danny Boyle directed it, and there's a lot of good, you know, Killen Murphy and uh, Naomi Harris, and which I had completely forgotten she was in this. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of really good actors. But I was gonna say that not caring about the age thing though, because unlike we're not sure about Velma's age, I, I'm almost positive this one girl in this movie is about 15. Yeah, and uh, yeah. they're one of the guys is trying to like, yeah, that. Whole, I just don't get the whole thing. You've got like zombies are infected. You, you've got villains. I, I just, I've never really got the idea that oh, we've got to throw in some like human villains too. Yeah. 
Um, that's never been a, that's a, that's a horror cliche. That's never really set well with me. I just, I don't see the point. And, uh, and the, the story was already interesting enough. We definitely didn't, not that you ever need like rapists thrown in, but, but I mean, it just, it really felt out of whack in this movie and mm. it just kind of, it brings everything to a halt. Mm. Um, and, be, and, my, and which is even stranger opinion. considering it's the whole point of the resolute quote unquote resolution like it's the whole yeah yeah motive it's the whole movement of the movie is this section there is nothing else so yeah it's and i yeah. guess like killing murphy and naomi harris's relationship kind of evolves from that which is weird in mm-hmm. a way yeah for sure for sure it's, it's, what did uh bear <laughs> did bear have anything to say about this one uh yes he did he says uh 28 days later has long been one of my favorite zombie movies even though they're not technically zombies and i still like it a lot but every time i watch the end of the movie i get more and more annoyed there's nothing about the cillian murphy is that her name cillian did Killin. I get that right? Killian. It's Killin. a, it, yeah, he, he, him, Killian, yeah. Killian, oh, I apologize, he, him. Uh, Killian Murphy character that indicates he would go into savage ninja Rambo mode at the end and take out not only the entire military regiment, but any zombie in his way. Plus, the rapey stuff at the end is just a loathsome way to end a movie that's essentially about family. Everything leading up to the military sequence is really good, though. The music in this movie is expertly done. There's mm-hmm. a song from a band called Godspeed You, Black Emperor, that plays over the scene um, of Murphy walking around London that will give you the chills. But the bottom line is that at least until recently, I don't think Danny Boyle has been able to successfully stick the landing of his movies. And that's yeah. what Barrett had to say. Very nice. That's fair. Um, I'll start since they didn't watch it. And uh, Jonathan, <laughs> you wrote on it. I'll tell you some of my favorite stuff. Uh, mad respect. Mad respect for whoever did Clockwork Orangutan. Uh, that's just beautiful because it's <laughs> perfect. That is one of those perfect word plays where the situation is exactly right. The words are unbelievably similar. Um, you know, Clockwork Orange and Orangutan. I mean, mm-hmm. it's just, it's it's brilliant. I'm glad somebody found that because uh, that, that's great stuff. Um, the, the sin about washing up is really interesting to me because living in COVID right now and watching this movie is so crazy because you watch all these people who are in this viral outbreak without masks on and you're going (laughs) how is the first thing when you know within 20 seconds of getting this blood in your eyes ears mouth or nose that you will go crazy and have to be killed how do you there's not the first thing to put on a mask and yeah, because that's that's one thing that's different because you don't just have to get bit like literally the blood can touch you. Right. Ugh. Yeah. And which you're is dead, which is more realistic. Actually, that is how viruses. Yeah, work, absolutely. You know? that's, absolutely. That's how it works. But um, yeah, I was just like, that's uh, it's just so weird watching this now where we're wearing masks for covid and we, you know, that's on our mind so clearly. And you're just watching these people going, you are not social distancing. And there's no, death they, on the they line. They should be like in hazmat suits. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, then uh, the referee call was one of my favorite sins uh, where <laughs> where he calls the fouls on the the play and the sound goes into like it's at an NFL stadium and there's an actual whistle. And I just I thought that was really well produced. That was fun. 
Um, and uh, the rules not spelled out very well. Um, Sin was great, and I love the notarize them. Like, please, movie, can you just spell out the rules, have them notarized, and let me know what I'm expecting here? Uh, I thought it was really good. Uh, hey, guys, we're leaving. See you. Bye. Uh, <laughs> really made me laugh. Because this movie is full of that, by the way. This is movie is full of people <laughs> screaming when they should be whispering. And it's like, yeah. not just for the zombies, but for the people you're trying to escape. And it's just like, why is everybody turning the volume up to 11 when you're trying to escape? You're trying to hide. Um so, uh, and I also, I actually forget what sin this was, but I must've thought it was funny. I wrote down, Hey, Selena, not infected. Uh, and I don't remember what that's in reference to, but I thought it was uh, funny. Yeah. Kind of. I mean, I remember the sin, but yeah, I'm trying to, I can't picture, I'm trying to remember what that was. There's something yeah. about the construction of that, that I found funny. And I put that in my notes and, and now well, it's slipping there's, my brain. There's but. a bunch of stuff like that. Like there's the part where she just starts like making out with him. He's got blood all over him. Yeah. Yeah. And she's just like, I'm just, I, I Oh, just, that's I what mean. it was. That's and, and what it not was. not to mention she was just almost raped. Yeah, that's and, what it was. Um, it, it was it was the fact that instead yeah. of him saying, "Hey, Selena, I'm not infected," oh, yes. he likes he like runs towards her. <laughs> yeah. Like- yeah, yeah, yeah. It, she's got like said, a gun drawn or whatever. Yeah. yeah, the lead-in was like she starts to swing the blade and then realizes he's not infected. That's right. it, yes. Yeah. Anyways, uh, great stuff. I really enjoyed it. Anything else you wanted to, to mention in there, Jonathan? Um, Us pointing out like the NASCAR abilities that little girl had when mm-hmm. she's like changing that tire. I just thought that was really funny. Um, the, you mentioned the referee thing. That was something Barrett wrote. That that ended up, between him and Jeremy, that that ended up being really good. Uh, we got the Cliff Booth reference. I thought that was funny. We're, we're getting a lot of mileage at a cliff booth from once upon a time in hollywood yeah i get it a lot of mileage that's that's mileage nicely done you get it yeah oh i didn't even i didn't do that on purpose i really did that's hilarious (laughs) that's how i that's how that's how i am Chris, it's accidental awesome. Yeah, Christopher uh, Eccleston's, um I never can't pronounce his name, but his obsession with hot water. Uh, Barrett wrote a couple things about yeah. that, where he keeps like hot water, like the first, the first, you know, way to get humanity back on track. You're like, what? Yeah. And then like zombie fan, like really diehard like zombie fans just entertain me because there's the there's like you've got the section that loves the Romero stuff. And then you've got the section that prefers like the the faster, meaner, leaner zombie. Like these are actual conversations like that grown adults have. And yeah. so I was glad Barrett let me keep in the whole bit where I was kind of trolling on purpose with uh, that George Romero uh, and walking like that, that the movie ripped off Walking Dead, just like George Romero did, even <laughs> though both of those things came before the right. walking dead right yeah um and there's a whole thing too where george romero was like yeah i think he was suing walking dead when alive and stuff but but i just i just i had fun just messing with that because i've just always found that like an interesting uh, uh uh conversations that fans have of those particular types of films and i'm just over in the background like i who cares <laughs> yeah i have one other thing i wanted to mention before we move on to uh the, the final video of the week and it's one of those things it was funny danae you mentioned something uh that made you upset and you're like okay i can move on it's fine you know whatever this is one of those things for me and it shouldn't be a surprise because we've talked about it before but there's a verb choice in talking about killian murphy's nudity where you say something along the lines of subjected to killian's murphy and i'm just like 
can we can we not disrespect the penis like this like you know it's one of those things where it's like when it's a guy it's like we're subjected to their nudity you know and it's it's like we, maybe some people like to see penises re, is that, that got okay combined or rewritten i think originally all i wrote was movie opens up or like something opens up on killian's murphy because i just thought that was too perfect like we have to like make a reference to that I, yeah you're right i didn't really think about that but yeah it's just it's one yeah, again it's one of my personal Barrett things and i hate women right. <laughs> no you hate penises if we hate penises i mean i'm sorry barrett and i hate penises we do we, we're anti-penis you know it comes sure it comes from i understand where it comes well it can come from a couple places one healthy and one not so healthy that the the healthy place is the idea of we're very uncomfortable with our own nudity like as men we're yeah. uncomfortable with the idea of people seeing us because we think we look gross and that's you know one of those that's okay to deal with that the place that's not healthy is the idea that if you're attracted to a penis that makes you know that's weird like it's weird that you would think that is attractive or think that that's normal or, or whatever so it's kind of wrestling with those ideas of the human body and just kind of how gender bias plays into that that's always yeah. on my brain in a weird way so that one caught me off guard but you know what's interesting and this just happened today with me and Danae is that I think sometimes when you're workshopping some of these sins you're not thinking specifically about like what the phrasing means and of course a, yeah there was a script Danae and I were working on and she wrote something and then I suggested maybe we change it to focus on like I liked where she was going with it and then I made a comment like maybe we should change it to something like this and then when she uh responded to me I realized the way I wrote it was actually um kind of going against the original point but at the time I was just trying to think of a different way to phrase it so that was it's it's really interesting how these things work themselves out that was just when you mentioned that that made me think of that uh and we ended up with I think we ended up with a really good set by the way uh Danae and I on that on that script yeah and all was said and done I don't know what you're talking about but hell yeah we did um, it was the <laughs> one about a character showing that she was actually very strong oh yes yeah uh, mm-hmm. but but also Barrett and I are anti so <laughs> yeah it's a very well, it's, common joke penises, it's been in our culture penises, for I mean, a to long be fair, time though like I mean penises are not the most attractive things on the face of the says earth. you let's, just, let's, let's, let's you honest. know like I don't know is it, that's that's probably just like a cultural thing, right? I don't uh, know. I, I think I mean, cool. I, they don't bother me. Like I'm not like I'm not turning a movie off because I see one. Right. Uh, uh, Killian. Killian's a he's a beautiful man. Yes. Yes, he is for sure. Good, good for him. All right, let's move on to Bad Boys for Life. Uh, this, this is oh, I penises. love this movie so Ooh. much. <laughs> I haven't seen it. <laughs> Uh, this is a <laughs> this is a share Scott script Barrett and Jeremy writing on this one. Uh, I have it. They uh, did not like this movie. They they did not like it at all, no, and they're they they're mad because we told them it was okay. Um, well, yeah, and I wonder if that's the thing. Like you're you're telling people that like, oh, this is surprisingly good. So I wonder if I watched it with that in mind. Like if I came at it the way they did, I wonder if I would enjoy. All it. I know I is, probably would. All I know is when I went and saw this movie uh, back in the days of movie theaters. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I I had a great time. I came. I maybe not a great time. I had a good time. I came out of I it smiling and you know laughing. I think Will Smith is so likable, and I think the two of them together are are fun. And yes, I, I think a, a lot of the stuff they got hung up on is the repetitiveness of it, yeah. and that's just never a problem for me if it's something I like. I if it's something that I think I'm is fun. Way. 
Like, keep repeating it. Keep doing the same and, thing. And I, I will say, this is a weird movie for me. And we, Chris and I did a mini pod on it. If you guys want to go, if some you people listening, if you guys want to go find that, if you haven't heard it. Uh, and we both liked it fine. I think we both gave it like a B. But I didn't like the first two movies. Like, I, right. I that this has got to be the first sequel where I didn't like anything before it. And I enjoyed this one. And it, it's mostly because of Will Smith and Martin Lawrence, I would say. I also liked the, uh, the team, uh, which... Uh, Barrett Jeremy apparently did not, but yeah. um, I, I I kind of enjoyed like the big strong dude that ref- that was a pacifist and um, you know Vanessa Hutchins and all those all that whole crew. Yeah. I don't know. I had a fun time with it. That's all I know. I don't know that I'll ever watch it again, but it was yeah, fun. I, I totally agree. I I feel like it didn't break any new ground, but I didn't need for it to to have fun. So yeah, I feel like there are some franchises where it takes this like turn where you could just see it being on TV instead of it being a movie. And as I was watching the sins video, it seems like it could just be a series, like a CSI series or some kind of a, you know, I don't know. It didn't, but some, sometimes they just get to yeah. the big screen. Cause you've got big names in it. You've got a big budget. And this happens a lot. I think in action movies where you have particular characters that are loved or a team of characters that people really enjoy to see you know, to kind of go and watch and be entertained by. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think I remember seeing maybe one of these because I remember uh, watching Will and Martin together and having a good time, but I have literally no memory of the movie whatsoever. I just remember the two of them being on screen together and it being like cops. So can I also it didn't, really, didn't really last for me as far as like a standout movie. Yeah. Can I also say that I think it's crazy that they, in confusing, that they use the title "Bad Boys for Life" in the third movie? It should that is a fourth movie <laughs> yeah, title well, if ever and there they're was. They're probably going to make another one because this <laughs> did really well. So th- I'm always going to think this is the fourth one, right? It's so weird how the brain like, does that. Uh, yeah, I, I well, titling, titling. I don't know why we got away from just putting a number after a title. I don't know <laughs> when that started. And I wish it never did. Because, like, I don't know what Fast and the Furious movie I'm watching. Like, I don't know what Final Destination movie I'm watching. When it, It's like the fourth Final Destination movie is called The Final Destination. Like, what the hell is that? And there's well, three least, movies called Halloween? I think I at least the Fast and Furious movies put the numbers in the right numbers in their title. Some, well, they prob- that's probably a bad example. But, some, well... I mean, yeah, I guess, because Fate of the Furious, there's like an eight in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yep. you're probably right. It confuses me. No, I think you're right. I think the number should be in there. I, I, I agree with you on why, that. Why is Bad Boys 3 a bad title? Uh-huh. <laughs> like, why wouldn't you just call it Bad Boys 3? Like, Because they're bad boys for life. And so <laughs> it's yeah, going to well, happen forever now. Yeah, they should be Bad Boys 3 now. life. <laughs> <laughs> what, did, really... uh, what did uh, uh, Barrett and Jeremy have to say about it? <laughs> Oh, man, nothing good, as you've already (laughs) said. Uh, Jeremy said, so many people said Bad Boys for Life was good, and I was actually expecting it to be good, but it is not. I do not know what happened. (laughs) (laughs) I think he might feel betrayed. I don't know. Yeah, no, it sounds Uh, like it. (laughs) Maybe Bad Boys 2 is so long ago, people forget how awful it was, so they see a passable action movie with Smith and Lawrence and call it an A+. It literally just plays all the hits. The who whole called it movie. an A plus? Yeah, who said A plus? Nobody said A plus. We said good. Like, I was I was gonna say he's actually right about he's actually dead on about that sentence until he says A plus. You know, yeah, I'm like, 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 like I'm int- not like 
this is the ex machina of action movies. Like, I'm not, like, I don't know. Maybe somebody said it was an Man, A+. Plus. If you say you guys are sure butthurt over what Jeremy has to say. Well, oh you know, he's calling us, he's calling no, our taste no, no, into I'm question. Just a hard time. <laughs> no, I no, am. Guys, I am. You totally. guys are the people in the comments right now. Hey. That's right. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Um, he finishes off his thoughts by saying it literally just plays all the hits the whole movie. It's true. So that by the time they do mm-hmm. one neat thing with a helicopter, you don't give a shit anymore. This movie pisses me off. <laughs> and then Barrett says, okay, I'll add my two cents. I agree with Jeremy about BB, BB4L. <laughs> the number four, obviously. Yeah. Um, there were a couple of genuine surprises that I'll leave out because of spoiler reasons that were pretty effective. But then there were other surprises that were weirdly contrived. And yes, I think Martin Lawrence was the best part about this movie. He is indeed still essentially playing the hits. There's one part where he says he's retiring and Will Smith says, oh, here we go again. And that's emblematic of the entire movie. There are things uh, thrown on here that make it slightly more interesting than the others, including a reasonable runtime, but I didn't like it at all. You know, Jeremy's not oh. Jeremy's not here to defend himself, uh, but I'm going to say this anyway. Um, we we go back. It's okay. and f- he he doesn't listen to the show. It's oh, that's cool. true. That's true. He'll never know. Um, no, it's one of those things we go back and forth and have for a long time about the idea of what what makes a movie uh, good. And he comes at it, and I guess I'm kind of defending him in this because I, I see where he's coming from. He comes at it from a creator's perspective. And so when mm-hmm. he sees Bad Boys for Life, he sees it as a complete failure because if he were making it, he wouldn't he wouldn't play all the hits again. He would try to do something new and create something different and interesting. And, you know, I, I totally understand that. For me, I try to look at it from an audience perspective, and if I'm having a good time, you know, then then I think it's a good movie. Then I think it's you know it's fun or whatever. So it's like the chef versus the the person you know eating Taco Bell for the fourth time in a week. Um, it's like the chef wants it to be this new fantastic experience, and so you know Taco Bell is trash. But if I'm having Taco Bell for the fourth time in the week, it's because well, one, it's inexpensive, but also I kind of like it, and I'm fine mm-hmm. having Taco Bell four times yeah, a week. Yeah, but Jeremy's got movies that he enjoys on that kind of level. Yes, I mean, we, but, we no, talked no, about totally. like Long Kiss Goodnight and yes, yes. Assassins. But the difference is, the difference is those aren't sequels. Those aren't doing the same no, thing no. over and, and over again. That's all I I'm agree. talking about. He 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 likes his own. We all have our own quote unquote you know guilty pleasures or whatever you might call them. The different I'm talking in the difference in what makes a movie good or bad. We kind of disagree on the perspective of that, and I think that's kind of what's happening yeah. uh, in a situation like this. J- Jeremy Jeremy has a really cool perspective on uh like you said when he, he comes at films yeah totally. i think the only thing i ever really disagree with him on and i think you and i are on the same page is that i just um the idea that a movie is um unnecessary i that's a weird argument for me because i think i mean by definition isn't all entertainment unnecessary yes yeah. um well and that's and that's part of this argument that we've yeah. gone back and forth on before and that's where i started to understand his perspective the reason he hates disney mm-hmm. remakes so much isn't because they're poorly done it's because they are creatively bankrupt and that's that's a completely different perspective than the audience yeah. just enjoying it now i you know uh, to me i see his point the most in the lion king 
which is not, you know, so creatively, it's so creatively bankrupt that it's paint by numbers. You know, it's just doing the same thing over again. But I don't see the same point in some of the others like Aladdin, those kind of things, because I think they are trying, you know, um, they, they are fun to sit through and, and to watch. And there's enough difference that it keeps my attention. But yeah, yeah it comes from a creative perspective for him that makes it bad. It's an, so. it's a, it's always I always I always enjoy conversations like that. Yeah, if we totally. all thought the same thing it would be boring as hell. <laughs> Anyhow, let's talk about the the sins video itself. But Barrett hates the penis. That's what that's, <laughs> that's what you need that's to where take we away. Should, yes, exactly. That's exactly all right. This. Uh, the takeaway from the show today, yeah. <laughs> Danae, uh, since you haven't, you didn't, uh, you didn't watch the last one. Why don't you tell us about mm-hmm. uh, what you thought about this one? <laughs> didn't oh um, the video? I was like, I was like, I think she saw Bad Boys too. <laughs> Uh, no, I don't know which bad boys I saw. Genuinely, no. I don't know. We we did the when this movie came out, we discussed the Cinema Sense video for Bad Boys Two. I guess oh, I should say. Well, maybe that's what I remember. I don't know. It which seems is an like, awful movie. As I was watching this one, it really seemed like kind of like what I said earlier. Like this is one of those movies that could be a TV series and be just as interesting because I found myself agreeing with so many of the sins and it was very clear that they were like having a really easy time finding the sins in this one. Sometimes when we write, it's hard to find a sin. So you find a clever way of, you know, referencing something or, you know, you have a fun time with it. This just seemed like genuine, just delightful sins, Mm -hmm. like real good ones from the very, very beginning. So um, I had a really good time. In fact, I was having such a good time with them ripping this to pieces that I forgot to write down my notes for like <laughs> half of the video. <laughs> um, but That's a I, video. but I had, um, I had a really uh, once I got to the part where he was running on the patio and he had the like the the video showing of the guy shooting him from first person perspective where Will is kind of like working out. Mm-hmm. Like, what is he doing on the patio with this really expensive workout equipment? And then very shortly after this, there's a sin about the weights on the patio and all of the, you know, the heat from being in the area and just what a bad idea that would be. And I was just thinking, man, like you have to drag that in every single night. That's so stupid. Um, And heavy. And heavy. Yeah. (laughs) Unless those are on some like dolly or something or like those little wheelie things. (laughs) just kind of like put it back inside um i think what we're saying is working out is not worth it like just forget it there's, right there's no I, point to it i even try walk to your car drive somewhere <laughs> walk inside walk back to your car drive home walk inside home workouts over i guess i guess my workout was really okay before pandemic now there's so many more things to think about <laughs> you can't just leave you have to anyway sorry back to my sins that i enjoyed the other one that i wrote down and again i apologize i have other ones but i don't remember what they're to like the stale with a capital real fucking stale i wrote that down <laughs> but i don't i don't remember anything about that one i, just I think really it liked just it, applies apparently. to the movie in general uh, according to them so yeah i think you're fine on that one uh or or i i wrote let's give it all we got like we don't normally do that I wrote that down, but I don't remember what it was for. No, that anyway. was that was funny too. Um, you know the the idea of just that you know person in charge. It was the team, and she was you know oh, give yes. this one all we've got, and it's like yeah, I think that's the point all the time. That's probably. the point, right? Um, yeah. I liked the part about the drone. I was really annoyed by that. Like, why would this group of people not see a gigantic drone? <laughs> it's like the size of a, like a bird, <laughs> just 
floating in your space. That wonder, was really. We're gonna look. Back, I'm sorry. I don't mean to rip, but we're gonna look back like we look back at '90s computer movies with drones. I think like in 10 years, we're gonna be like the 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 2010s didn't know anything about drones. Yeah. There was a video that I saw on YouTube, and it was uh, like a look into the jungle of the where like all of these butterflies are just amassed in these. I mean, insane. The I can't even describe how many butterflies there are, and they're all like sort of stuck together. Like if you've ever been in a cave, there's these formations that look like, I think they call them elephant ears because they just look like these long, thin elephant ears and they sort of just drape off of, I'm, I live in the cave state. I know a lot about caves. Leave me alone. Anyway. Like, <laughs> I'm, it, I don't know. I'm just, I now know that now I'm terrified of butterflies. Thank you. There were, I mean, I can't even fathom how many butterflies there are. That but anyways, horrifying. the reason that we can see them is because of this little drone and they made mm-hmm. it look like a hummingbird. So it's oh, just wow. this, t-shaped hummingbird the wing you know it's just like droning in and they covered the, like the little drone blades so that obviously they wouldn't chop up butterflies which thanks for that but that's cool shit like that's a cool drone going in there taking high quality video of these places that we could never get to because we would disturb all these butterflies they would go away and here we're seeing this massive collection of butterflies so here i'm watching this big old clunky one fly into a small garage where like all these guys are and i'm thankful that they're pointing that out because that's ridiculous yeah um but the last one that i wrote down was uh what if he's a child at heart and likes chuck e cheese or stays home for strippers and blow (laughs) (laughs) yeah uh good stuff uh i liked i loved uh them tearing apart the fake funeral because that is something movies do (laughs) that is so super annoying where it's like we (laughs) all know he's not dead like how in every second every second they spend trying to convince us it's a funeral is a second that makes me more annoyed you know and it's just like uh, yeah so i really appreciated that uh the the sin about the beard lines where it finishes by like ha 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 loser (laughs) just (laughs) made me laugh so much uh and uh and i think the reason is because we're obviously poking fun at ourselves in that moment you know for you know making such a big deal about it i love that um the the phrase go to punchies Made me laugh uh, for, you know, try deciding to fight somebody. They they go to punchies. I just thought that was hilarious. Uh, and then, of course, the instead of using the outtake for the James Bond in water thing, uh, actually singing it um, mm-hmm. was. There was, were a couple of singing moments in this one. Yeah. And then and the only other thing I'll mention, because it's so true and it's something we really do look for. And you see in a lot of movies, uh, the idea of that last shot that feels so proud of itself for spinning around and, you know, kind of. Uh, staying on one shot on the different levels and yet it does nothing but confuse you as to who's where and what's going on it's completely yeah. style over substance and i hate it when movies do that so i was really glad to see that well, get yeah, sent too. And it didn't need it because that was such a cool set like that was such a cool setup for an action set piece like you didn't you didn't need that shot yeah um it's already got so much going on and then you have the helicopter and the fire and you know it, it's it's a it's a really fun moment and then yeah that that, that kind of that kind of ruins at least for that couple seconds yeah what about you jonathan anything else uh the michael basin was funny just they didn't acknowledge that it was actually they just you know did the ding when he showed up um if you're pulling a hannibal lecter do you really need the witch part i thought that was kind of funny <laughs> although i will say i don't know maybe this is just a me thing but like where i don't like zombie stuff i do kind of enjoy witch stuff so uh the idea that they threw a witch character in here i thought was actually kind of fun nice but i guess if you think witches are dumb i guess you probably think the opposite so witches are dumb uh, yeah <laughs> 
Um, I want to go to a bad guy party. God damn it. That was really funny. Yeah. Great delivery uh, on that talking one talking about all the great bad guy parties from other movies and uh, Chekhov's manslaughter story. Um, and the one that I just, I'm, I'm surprised uh, Danae didn't mention was just ask Thomas Jane from the mist. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh my God. I get so many um, references to the mist on Twitter. It's like the way to troll me. <laughs> I was I interviewed my husband recently for a podcast episode and I did you asked ask Twitter, him my questions. Yes, I did. Okay, great. I think I think I'm pretty sure I did. His favorite uh, color and oh, I don't know. It was like it was like seventeen magazine. Seventeen magazine. Yeah, that was really funny. Um, I I was like uh, I was reading through them and one of them was ask him what he thinks about the ending of the mist. Yeah. I was like, God, I it's, can't escape it. It's fun though. You got you have like a thing. <laughs> it's uh, yeah, fun. I have a thing just happened just now this just yes much like bad boys for life the mist is fun (laughs) the first time in the in human history somebody used the phrase it's fun about the ending of the mist uh i was talking about danae having like a personal connection to her fans tangentially tangentially related to the mist tangentially yes yes I can't say that word. Tangentially. That word, that word never sounds right coming off my coming off my tongue. Well, um, it's even worse when Christopher Eccleston does something tangentially. Uh, you know, it's <laughs> <laughs> that is yeah. No, that's that's, that's my life story. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. Hey, podcast peeps, it's me again. Um, mm-hmm. those are my dogs. Mm-hmm. Those are my. Uh, every time I try to talk. Wow. Uh, is this how Aaron feels when we're. Okay, we're going to try this. Okay. I just wanted to tell you about the survey again, which is at cinemasense.com slash BTS. So go fill it out. All right, let's uh, let's head on to keeping tabs. The internet is a communications tool used the world over where people can come together to bitch about movies and share pornography with one another. Oh, jeez. This is the most public yet of my many humiliations. We're each going to tell a story from putting together the content from the week. Maybe a Google search, some strange research, everything we know about witches, whatever the case may be. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you guys got? Danae, you probably don't have much, huh? No, I actually wasn't on the roster this week. It's just sort of a strange way that the chips fell. Yeah, yeah. I actually don't have much either. Uh, I was on uh, the two TV Sins uh, episodes. The only thing I'll mention uh, is the train 
the sin about the different things that different reasons for being on a train. Um, I threw in a personal one on there just because I, I thought it was funny. And that's the uh, cribbage with a random stranger. Uh, my family went on a cross country country um, train trip when I was in high school. And uh, I played cribbage with this guy for most of the trip and never knew mm. him before then, never knew of which, him after. Which one is, which game is cribbage? What is that? Cribbage is the one with the pegboard where you yes. you yes. get dealt cards and you try to figure out the amount of different combinations you can make um, uh, of different things that are worth points. And then you put, yes. you know, the cards you don't want in the crib. So yes, it's a fun game. I enjoy it. My uh, great grandmother. Yeah. Yeah. So I used to play it with a random stranger on a train. So oh, there you go. <laughs> it's really interesting. We had all the Snowpiercer references, and then the the day we're recording, a uh, Snowpiercer, the TV show, uh, premieres tonight, which yeah. I'm really curious about. Oh, that's interesting. That went yeah. through a lot of turmoil behind the scenes. Um, yeah, I know. That doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be bad, nope, though. I mean, nope, not necessarily. But, uh, I just remember being disappointed. And, uh, Jennifer Connelly, who we've also met. It's a so, small world I after can, all. I can appropriately age uh, enjoy her. <laughs> what about you, Jonathan? <laughs> um, I didn't do anything like like look up stuff, but I will say, uh, so when we did Rick and Morty before, I watched a few episodes, because I had never seen Rick and Morty before we did it the last time. So I watched a few episodes, mainly the ones that we did. But going into this... Um, I just decided to go ahead and watch it. So I like over three days, I watched like 35 episodes of Rick and Morty. Whoa. And, and I was just saying, I don't suggest ever doing that. Um, <sighs> was it so crazy? Yeah, that's a weird show. Like you start questioning reality when you watch it in that time frame. But I, but one thing it kept going back to while I was watching them was that when we originally started covering them and we talked about them on Behind the Sins, Danae said this was what she considered to be highbrow entertainment. Oh, really? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, what did I mean by that? I don't even remember saying that. I don't know. I think know. you meant I intelligent. I, just, I think you that meant always smart. stuck with me. Because we laughed about it afterwards because we were like, you know, you know, there's like Schindler's List exists. And, uh, <laughs> and I'm, like, I haven't, I'm like, I haven't seen it. I haven't seen that at all. You just you have these great ways to like you you like you call Dexter PG entertainment. So <laughs> it is. It, yeah, it's it's for the family. Right. I mean, the whole family can just sit down and watch Dexter. So PG-13. Sure. <laughs> but anyways, no, but Rick and Morty, it's just it's uh, I don't know. I just I don't think I I don't think I like it as much as most people. And that's OK. Um, I get why people like it, but it was kind of like I felt like an outsider, like I was like like I was studying it or something mm-hmm, because sure. like I was like I totally see why people find these things funny and but I don't think I'm laughing as much as like a fan would. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was a uh, it was a fascinating experience. I'm not much of a binger either. Like I typically don't binge shows, so that I have a kind of a weird relationship with that as well. So I, I kind of started. I probably kind of started hating it by the end. Isn't but, that strange? Uh, it's. I think I talked yeah. about almost a very similar thing last week when I mentioned what we uh, what we do in the shadows. Um, yeah. In that binging it, I think made some things stand out to me, and I just I don't know. I, I just I didn't like it as much as most people expected me to. And the thing is, I watched them all, and I did like it. And I watched a new episode this week and liked it a lot more. And so I I really think oh, binging. Yeah, I really think there's something when you binge something especially comedy, I think especially comedy, yeah. that it, it just becomes, you get numb to it or something. Mm-hmm. And yeah. uh, and so, yeah, I just, I that, that kind of taught me a lesson, I think. That's why, that's why I recommended Killing Eve. I got numb to it. <laughs> yes. 
That's right. Well, and I didn't I didn't talk about this much when I asked Aaron what his opinion of that episode was because I was just curious because I was going to talk about it in keeping tabs. But like I think because I because I literally finished like the last season like maybe a couple hours before uh, the new episode or not the last season the the I had finished like the fifth episode of the fourth season like you know so I'd watched all these episodes over like two or three days like that Thursday through Sunday or whatever and so when I watched that uh, the episode we the Never Rick and Morty after having just watched like the previous 35 episodes, that was really bizarre. Like I really did not have a good experience. And I think a lot of it had to do with the fact that, cause it was like, like Chris and you were saying, it was almost like a reset button. Mm-hmm. And that just felt really off to me. And I can't even imagine like if you had been waiting that whole time and then that was the episode you got. Um, that, yeah. that, I think that, I, I think I was thinking like that thought process too, but I don't know. It was interesting. It was a, it was an interesting experience. I, I don't recommend it, but, um, you know, I get it. It's, it's a fun show. It, it's, there's episodes I loved and then there was episodes I couldn't stand. So, I mean, I think it's a pretty normal, uh, you know, 30 minute half hour comedy, a show. It's very similar to the Simpsons in that way, I think. Um, yeah. but, uh, anyways, yeah. that was kind of, I don't know if that's really research, but it was something I did sure. because we were about to cover some stuff. So. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Very nice. All right. Let's, uh, let's head on to the comment section. I I appreciate your honesty. You're a real straight shooter. You are the ones who are the ball lickers. We're going to take a look at a comment from this week, uh, something we uh, wanted to bring to your attention. Jonathan, why don't you kick us off in the comment section? Um, I just had one, and it was just—it was for the six nine video, but it just—it just struck me as so funny. I, I couldn't resist talking about it, but it was a Zoomer Wendy's said after the uh in the six nine comment section these skittles commercials are getting intense (laughs) that one written down too it's such a good one Uh, there was a lot of nice stuff we talked about the scooby-doo stuff i had a couple of those we already mentioned but there you know there was uh well i think i mentioned the scooby-doo one where somebody said daphne is just a cartoon character Mm -hmm. uh, playing off us talking about um lana on archer (laughs) yes yeah Um, i thought was really funny as well and leela on futurama and Leela on Futurama, that's right. Yep. We we like all the cartoon characters. They're curvy. Or chiseled. They have penises, okay, Some Jonathan? of them do. Barrett's the one that doesn't like penises. I'm good with them. <laughs> I just, I felt bad for him, so I felt like I had to... Do- I understand how it goes. <laughs> Oh, Barrett, com- I, actually, I don't know what Barrett's opinion on the penis is. I just want everybody to know that. Um, we have not <laughs> had that, that conversation Joe. recently. Uh, he, uh, he, he I feel bad for even bringing it up, uh, <laughs> so to speak. Uh, Danae, what do you got on the comments? I have three. Uh, Danny Mendez on Scooby-Doo said, CinemaSins, Freddy already has a scarf as an ascot. <laughs> um, I don't know why I couldn't read that properly, but it didn't copy over. 100% like I thought it did. And I was like, wait, where's the rest of it? Nope, that was it. I thought you broke up for a second, but it was just, no, that was, was like, just, what? That was just the way you were reading it. <laughs> no, that was just the way I read it. No, people oh. are very passionate about that ascot. That's for oh, sure. Oh, I see. So Cinemason says Fred already uh, has his scarf on, and Fred says, it's an ascot. See, now I can, it yes. didn't copy yes. over. No, okay. nicely done. Are nice. ascots right. and scarf? I mean, I, I feel like I, I, I know that's an ascot. And maybe I should have caught that when we were reviewing the script, but I, I didn't. But are ascots and scarves not similar at all? They um, they aren't really, and I'm not so sure it okay. is an ascot. The only reason it for sure is an ascot is because he calls it one. But honestly, it seems to operate more as a scarf than an ascot to me. I would agree but... with that. Yeah, are we, yeah. So, what's, so then is an ascot more like a dicky? Like, what is an ascot? No, an ascot, it is kind of like 
like a dicky, but it's it's more of a tie. It's more of a formal um, kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, it's not just like a fake turtleneck or yeah, whatever. Yeah. Um, my I next one that I really stuff. loved was from Bo Schwartz on Rick and Morty. All caps says, there's a TV Sins as well by the same people for my favorite show. <laughs> Subbed. So thanks welcome. for the welcome. Thanks yeah. for the sub. Yes. Same people. So that was kind of fun. And then uh, Stephen Curtin on Rick and Morty. What I want to know is whose voice is it was that took over uh, Jeremy. So Jeremy could recover from coronavirus ID 19. <laughs> CinemaSins, Chris. So here we go again on the <laughs> assumptions as to why Jeremy is not narrating. This time it involves COVID-19, yeah, which I think... Let's, yeah, let's give him COVID-19. That's a good rumor so, to start. <laughs> so we'll just say, yes, Jeremy is suffering. No, he's fine. Um, but my favorite thing about this one is that one of our beloved friends from Discord and uh, it Don't Connect went straight in there and was like, let me just clear this up for you. Oh, and nice. A fantastic description of what's going on and um jeremy does not have covid19 nor is he sick in any way and then he kind of goes into like goes into more explanations i think i just said he it's fine but anyway yeah yeah, yeah none of us have had covid no. that we know of we we have yeah that we know of <laughs> oh that other we, we have many other issues but that that's probably not one but also at one point in time in i don't know if maybe it don't connect was using um uh, like a speak to text or something, or maybe an autocorrect situation happened. But Barrett Share is spelled C H E R, and I love that so much. <laughs> I hope that was on purpose. <laughs> no, his his name is not a request for uh, Share to do Playboy. Uh, that is nope. that is not Barrett Share. Uh, it is yeah, actual I mean, names. Uh, I guess I just on, that's not that's not a Share song. <laughs> I guess I've been recording too long because my brain is fried. I can't even read anymore. <laughs> That was the worst series of comments I've ever done. Well, I mean, you you guys snagged uh, the ones I have except for one. So I did did manage to hold on to one. We already kind of covered the uh, why the zombies aren't zombies but are zombies conversation. Mm -hmm. I had that in my comments. Um, I had the Ascot thing in there. Uh, This one made me laugh because I think they might be right. But this is in regards to Bad Boys for Life, the sin that uh where will smith uh says something about just because i slept with your mom you that doesn't mean i'm your grandfather um i think is the line and we appropriately send it because that doesn't even make sense the other one left a comment that said i think the line is just because your mother calls me daddy doesn't make me your grandpa and that actually makes sense that's i think that's probably right in that will smith smith just said it wrong or the you know mm-hmm. the writer just meant it wrong or maybe it was an intentional mistake that just didn't land uh but it just that kind of i was glad that comment was there because i was like oh that's actually that's probably the joke right yeah so anyways i would I think so that. i mean that makes more sense uh from a you know the way families work <laughs> <laughs> that that's not like that makes more sense if you're not going for like an incestual joke (laughs) right Uh, that that plays a lot better exactly all right let's move on to beyond the sins to infinity and beyond somewhere beyond my wildest dream to boldly go where no man has gone before we're just going to talk about something else from the pop culture world that we've seen recently um i'm going to go first this time uh, I saw Middle Ditch in Schwartz on Netflix. Uh, there are three episodes. Uh, we watched them all. And I genuinely haven't laughed this hard in decades. 
Um, Whoa. It is one of the funniest things I've ever seen ever in the history of ever. Uh, just for a little so bit. So is it like, uh, is it is it sketch comedy? What is it? Yeah, just for a little bit of context, uh, they are doing long form improv. What this okay. means is they don't write or script anything before coming on stage. Then they will talk to somebody in the audience about an event that's coming up in their life that they are either excited about or dreading. They will ask them surrounding questions about other people involved in this event, uh, their characteristics, who they are. And then on the spot, they do an hour long. Uh, you could call it a sketch, but it's kind of like a play. And using these this information in these characters to design their crazy world. And it could be that I just am a sucker for improv, which I am. I love it so much. I think there's something so smart and clever about people who are good at it and how they do it. And Ben Schwartz and Thomas Middleditch are great together. Their chemistry is amazing. They're both incredible uh, improvers, um, improvisational comedians. And they do such a great job. And the the balance of the actual storytelling with the moments of breaking the fourth wall a little bit and talking about what's going on in the process of creating this story, it's just they do it so perfectly. And my wife and I were just dying. And it's, it's really funny. And I highly recommend it to anybody uh, who wants to laugh a little bit uh, during this time. So, yeah, Middle Ditch and Schwartz. I do want to check that out. That sounds really interesting. And I like both of them a lot. Um, Schwartz is one of my favorite parts of Parks and Recreation that, you know, people don't really talk about. Um, uh, he has such a where minor did you stream character. It? Huh? Where did you stream it, Aaron? It's on Netflix. There's three episodes. Mm. Okay. And I like that there's only three episodes. There's not 35 that I have to watch. Well, <laughs> I was kind of bummed. Three-day period. <laughs> We watched one a night for three nights, and I was like, I would watch one of these every night for the rest of my life. Um, well, just... hopefully they'll do some more. It sounds like uh, it sounds like they're pretty popular. Um, I mean, I don't, I don't know the, I don't know the ability, I don't know if they have the ability to do them currently, but you know, when all this starts getting better, I think, yeah, correct, yeah, that that would be the only thing. But I think it's something they've done not filmed for a long time. That just uh, yeah. in Los Angeles, they what, go on a run. The, what was the John Mulaney? Um, it was him and, um, oh my God, that guy from the lead. I cannot think where they were like, they, they were like older people. Is it Nick Kroll? Yes. Yeah. I know what you're talking about now, but I don't remember what it was called. I don't know, but they did something where they were playing characters and it was, it, I don't think that was improv though. No, you're talking about, uh, Oh, hello. I think is the name yes, of the show. Oh, hello. That is what I'm talking about. Well, that was like a. That was like a like a stage play or something, right? Right. That they yeah. did or or it was, but it was like an act. I mean, it was like a, it was kind of like a stand up thing or mm-hmm. whatever. Yeah. Um. And I just don't like. I just remember that being like that. That's kind of what this reminded me of when you guys started talking about it. Because I know Barrett watched this too and really liked it, but I didn't really find that very funny. But this sounds like more up my alley. I think you'll have a good time. I, I it's one of those yeah. things where I just I want to force everybody to watch it because I'm just so <laughs> sure it's going to make their day better. You know what I mean? It's just like yeah, one of those like things where I'm like people to do shit. Yeah, yeah. I just I just I I I need you to validate uh, my opinions. Um, <laughs> so please get on it. Uh, I can't. You do this every week. I mean, I, I only have so much time in my life. I mean, I've I've, I've still got to watch uh, Dave and um, what's that Danger Man? What's that? What's the other Future Man? <laughs> oh, the Future Man. Future Man. <laughs> Just do what I do and immediately forget. That's right. That's right. 
No, I write all these things down that you guys recommend. Well, I mean, not I don't play games very much, but like other stuff that like podcasts and stuff that Danae recommends and stuff. So I write all this stuff down. It just it takes me a minute to get to it. Well, what it's do you crazy. want? What do you want to force us to to take in, uh, Jonathan? Who me? Oh, well, I've I've mostly, mostly just watched like older movies and stuff all week. But I did check out um, last Sunday because everything's on Sunday. Um, I checked out uh, the new HBO show, I Know This Much Is True, which is, uh, it's a show that's based on a 1998 novel by Wally Lamb, um, which, funny side story, I uh, there's a Wally Lamb book um, called She's Come Undone that I read over a weekend in college because I was trying to impress a girl. And of course. It, it didn't work. <laughs> but it was a good book. But I have not read I Know This Much Is True, but I have watched the first episode of the show. Um, and it's really good. Uh, Mark Ruffalo plays uh, twin brothers. Obviously, they're brothers, but uh, plays twins. And um, I don't know how much I want to give away, but it starts off one of the brothers is in a library uh, going a little nutty and uh, spouting a lot of religious rhetoric very loudly and ends up uh, harming himself, let's just say. And then and then it goes back and it kind of shows you some of the stuff that, that led up to that. So you have one brother who is not, who has some uh, a mental, mentally, mental issues, I guess you would say, and um, has, and then you have the other brother who's a little more stable, but definitely still has um, you know, some, some, some baggage and some stuff going on. And I'm not positive where the show's going because I haven't read the book and I've only seen the one episode, but I can tell you from the episode, it's really well done. Um, Mark Ruffalo is, is awesome. It, 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 I, I have a feeling this is going to be like one of his best roles when all is said and done. Um, that's kind of the, the feeling I get from it. Um, and, but like I said, it's kind of like, I'm not, I don't, I think it's more than a wreck of warn. I mean, I think I'm definitely recommending this, but not knowing where it's going to go from here. I mean, I can't honestly say that it's, you know, um, it's, it's gonna, it's gonna completely work out. Uh, the only negative I would say I took from the pilot was that there's a stepfather character that is very generic. Um, and this might just be a personal thing because I actually had the luxury of having a wonderful stepfather and I know that's not always the case. But I think I'm more easily offended by the like abusive asshole stepfather character mm-hmm. um, just because I don't know. I just it kind of gets old. Um, but uh, but they even kind of do something interesting with that character, like because they show some of the stuff of them as kids and then they go back to them as adults. So they kind of even do some interesting things with Helm that I wasn't expecting. So um, I, I can't like I said, I can't really say much about it because I don't want to give anything away. I think you should just watch it. But I mean, you know, it's very typical of HBO programming. It's it's. You know, it's good drama, and uh, you get if you really like Mark Ruffalo, I would I would highly recommend it. Um, I'm really looking forward to seeing the second episode tonight. So I guess that would be my recommendation for this week. I, I yeah, I know this much is true. I I was hoping to to check that out at some point. So I'm glad you yeah. brought it up. It kind of slipped my brain, but yeah, that's um. Then that's out weekly, right? Yes. Yeah, I think it's going to be six episodes. Okay. Um, I believe is what it's going to be. What about you, Danae? I have a record worn for a game. Uh, a couple weeks ago, I. Uh, re-downloaded an old game that I hadn't played in quite some time. I will say it's called the game is called Draw It, and it's basically um, oh you know my brain is dead, guys. I have nothing left in my brain. It's all gone. <laughs> Pictionary. Yeah, that's the one. <laughs> Listen, when your when your brain goes down, I got you. I got you. Thank you. So yeah, Pictionary with strangers. <laughs> um, it's On a, a train really... playing cribbage. <laughs> It's a really, really clever game. Like, I, I really want 
everyone to have this. I want to play this game with people. It's you and you and Aaron so are so fun. forceful. <laughs> but but I ended up uh, deleting it, uninstalling it after like about seven days because the ads are a bitch, and I cannot Ugh. I cannot play a game. But maybe you'll like it. I don't know. Tell me what you think. But it's it's got such a great foundation because you know you have three choices of what you can draw you can kind of choose what you want to draw and you get coins you know based on the difficulty level and then you can spend those coins and get even more colors and you know to get even more like you know intricate with your drawings if you want to but the whole point of course is that whomever you're drawing for understands what you're drawing and so I when I got I downloaded it. I got really excited because I was so looking forward to playing this game that I made the mistake. So please don't do what I did of starting games with people um, because I was like, oh, I want to play. I want to play. And since I didn't have friends to play with in real life, I'm just, you know, connecting with whomever is out there in the world to play with. And by about the next day, I had 17 games going with people. And that's just too much. It was a lot. Um, and then there's like this pressure to have a streak with them where you're you continue to kind of go on to the next round together or whatever. And some people are terrible at this game and they can't even draw ice, you know, <laughs> and then and so there's just this weird pressure. And then there's like this all these ads that are constantly popping up and it's it, it becomes a lot I think can you maybe, just buy the game though? Is that a, I is that an option? I couldn't figure it out. Usually, okay. I can figure that stuff out, but I didn't see an option where I could kill ads. If there is curious. an option to kill ads, I I maybe would actually download it again and then try to connect with people very strategically to play. Um, but I will also say I I've said this before. I have a Note Nine, and so I have a stylus. So if you so I can kind of I think draw maybe even a little bit easier than I would with my my fingertip. So it's definitely one of those games that may be really, really annoying, but there's part of this game I love, and that is I really enjoy communication. I enjoy uh, conversation and trying to figure out how to succinctly say something, which might surprise you since I tend to ramble. Um, but my goal, I think, is to try to get to the point as quickly as possible while also making sure that everybody is on the same page. So to come up with a way to draw something where you understand that I'm drawing the word golf and being a terrible artist... But like, I'm so pumped that you like guessed golf because that's, that's, I drew that. That looks like shit, but I drew it and you got golf. I mean, I was just thrilled until it became overwhelming and, and annoying because of the ads. So that's my wreck of Warren. It's a game called Draw It. And um, feel free to let me know how you feel about it if you decide to try. I don't play a ton of games, a ton of mobile games, but when I, I, I feel like ad insertion has gotten a lot worse than it used to be because I see my yeah. daughter playing stuff and I, it's just like every two seconds. I was doing a crossword puzzle the other day on an app. Halfway through the puzzle, I got a fucking ad. Yeah. And I'm like, you can't just let me finish the puzzle. Oh, and it's so bad because now the ad people, like you'll, you'll have to watch a 30 second ad. And so you're watching it mm -hmm. and then the X will appear after 30 seconds. And so then you can click the X and you can go back to your game. There are people who create their ad. They have a fake X mm -hmm. in one of the corners. And then when the ad actually stops, they move the ad. So you end up clicking on what is now a button to go download their game. Little fuckers. And it's just, wow. I mean, it's brilliant. It's smart. But it's so frustrating. And of course, you can't control what types of ads you're seeing. And I've talked about this before with just it just gets really, really annoying. And that's the fastest way out for me is if there's no way to enjoy a game. But I, the idea of being able to draw with people and guess, man, I just wish that there was a way to make that work. 
So anyway, they must have I had a, they they must have done the math at some point, right? And the idea of losing people is less costly to them than not showing the ad, right? Because I'm with you. Be. If if a game or even even a streaming service, if they don't have an ad free version, I'm out. Like I just mm-hmm. don't. I, I I will. I am wanting to give you money. Please understand yeah. this. I want to give you more money, but you're not giving me the opportunity to. And they must have done the math that says my four dollars or whatever to not have to see ads isn't worth it to them versus just showing ads, you know, necessarily. Mm-hmm. So I I don't know because like it's just nothing more frustrating than I want to pay you something to make this stop and you're not letting me. Yeah. So yeah, it, I'm yeah. with you. That's going to wrap it up for Behind the Scenes this week. Don't forget to make sure you're subscribed and go ahead and leave a comment or rating as well. You can hang out with us on Twitter. I'm at Aaron Dicer. She is at Danae Says. D-E-N-E-E-S-A-Y-S. And he is at Sam Loomis 13. So for Jonathan Watkins, Danae Hughes, and myself, we'll see you next week. Thanks for listening. Send any feedback to BehindTheSinsPod at gmail.com and be sure to subscribe or message us at Twitter and be sure to visit CinemaSins.com. Okay, now tap. (laughs) Take that computer! Fucking own you! I'm so confused. How could we see you before? I'm confused. (laughs) Okay, so uh, the video was coming through my laptop last time but all the audio has to go through the main computer to record uh the system we have so if it's the same place we're recording audio there will be no video not following (laughs) (laughs) all right let's take the current example right oh no we're gonna have a teaching moment iris fell down the stairs today oh no oh that's always scary god it was so so scary i hear a thunk 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 like this and justin's yelling stop 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 um and i'm like i literally just chucked my computer across the couch and ran and then i come around the corner and i'm looking down the stairwell and there at the bottom of the stairwell is iris and she's like "Ah!" and i'm like oh my god like i'm downstairs before i can even blink justin's downstairs in an instant he picks her up and scoops her and like and she just takes that like really shuddered breath and then screams the top of her lungs yeah we put a baby gate around Mm -hmm. the entrance to the stairwell and we did that because she had started riding her tricycle that we got her for her birthday around the house the shining trike yes (laughs) denise house is the overlook and she would ride it into her room and then do a yui and then start riding out well the stairwell is almost just directly across from her room opening so it's like the door a little bit of space and then i was just envisioning her just tumbling down the stairs in this tricycle Mm -hmm. so we added this measure well she loves to go down the stairs and so she always asks if she can go down and justin usually says no wait for me but today he said okay wait on the top step and he says i'll be right back and he went to go grab her water Mm -hmm. off of the table and I guess she turned around and lost her balance and just went backwards. Wow. Yeah. She didn't have any trouble. I mean, after she calmed down, it didn't take her too long. I asked her if her body hurt anywhere. And then I had her walk a little bit and tell me if it hurt. And then I pushed in on her ribs a little bit to see if anything was tender. Mm-hmm. And then we just basically spent the rest of the time. And I, I asked her if she was scared and if she was okay. Like, tell me what happened. 
and she recounted it. And as she was talking about it, she starts crying because she's like, it's I'm so scared. And then she wanted to be carried back upstairs. And about mm, 12 seconds later, she wanted to go back down on her own. So mm-hmm. she's fine. <laughs> I did ask him. I said, you know, what what were you like? Why were you yelling at her? No, no, no. Or no, stop, 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 stop. He goes, I don't I do not even remember saying anything. I was in panic mode. I was watching her yeah. tumble down the stairs. And since I couldn't catch her, I was <laughs> trying to stop. I was trying stop to coach tumbling. her. <laughs> yeah. Stop trying falling. To coach. Yeah. <laughs> actually, that's the thing, man. I think kids do that, too. They they go with the fall. Justin's like, gravity, stop, stop gravity. Yeah. My daughter fell off the, like when she was potty training, she tried to stand up and she was really tired because she'd just woken up and she fell over and hit her head on the bathtub. Oh, she, she had like a, she had a Looney Tunes, which we found out was a good thing, but she had a Looney Tunes knot coming out of her head. Oh, Lord. But, Does that mean it was saying like, what's up, doc? Or I don't know, Looney <laughs> Tunes? I don't have... Like a bump. <laughs> but uh, but they say if it's an external bump, like that's, that's, that's actually a good thing, you know, because then you don't have to worry about there being something going on inside. Right. Yeah. But it was freaky. I, I tell you what, though, I'm really glad she's so good at communicating because she, uh, I, I said, you know, do you hurt anywhere? And she said, my side hurts a little bit, but mostly it's on my head right here. It's so tender. <laughs> <laughs> she's three. Well, I, I wish I could instantly pull up this picture and show you, but we have this, like an armoire thing, you know, that we keep mm-hmm. all of our uh, linens in and it has about two and a half feet underneath it that's just open and we'll we'll be playing hide and seek with her and her top of her body is like underneath it but her butt and her legs are sticking out <laughs> i look back on with our boys like four boys the fact that we have so few stories like that is kind of mind-blowing to me yeah oh except for that one time they tried to make your child get what like hit by a van in the street or something <laughs> yeah but but nothing happened that's true (laughs) so i mean we've just been very fortunate uh there was the the only thing i can yeah i got hurt all the time i know i mean yeah we all did um well you know what technically i didn't my only trip to the emergency room growing up was a story i've told before about my brother dropping a cat on my face while i was sleeping oh yeah so that didn't really have anything to do with me uh the only the only story we really have that I can remember. I bet Jen remembers more than I do. I honestly forget this stuff and move on pretty quickly. But uh, I do remember Austin and Justin when they were like, I'm going to say five and three coming to the front door from the garage and being in Justin like screaming and crying and Austin being like, I sprayed this in his face and it was wasp spray. It was like, uh, you know, wasp poison kind of thing or whatever. And so it was like, oh, Oh. so yeah, I just walked that off. (laughs) Right. So you're just like, okay. So in your, as a parent, you're like, my child's going to be blind. Like, you know, my child just blinded my other child. And, but thankfully I think he had his eyes closed or whatever, but we just, we rinsed out his eyes and he was fine and we took him to get a checkup and everything was good. That's well you said you said never... you said fearless uh which was actually justin's nickname growing up the incident with the uh the wasp spray we were getting on austin who's older just being like how would you do that and he's like justin told me to he wanted to see what it would feel like, <laughs> just like yeah that makes sense <laughs> now that i think about it after our fourth uh jen had coverage that i didn't have healthcare wise and so uh... She did it. Um, gotcha. I would have been glad to have done it, but it was going to cost money. 
as opposed to her being in the hospital, having it done when she had the baby didn't cost us money. I, uh, I have a real sensitive smelling, uh, which is weird. I, I can't smell well in some things, but like, I'm, but like burning is a, I don't know. <laughs> I don't do well with that. That's smell. So, that is and, such a funny, like that whole statement after our conversation on vasectomies was so interesting to me because it was like, <laughs> I am very sensitive. So then my brain's like, is, is he going to talk about how sensitive his nether regions are? And then you said to <laughs> smells. And I was like, what kind of smells are we talking about at vasectomies? And then you're like burning. And I'm like, he's talking <laughs> yeah. about the burning of his vas deferens. Yep. That he is worried about how that's going to smell. That was amazing. That was a beautiful journey, that's, Jonathan. Like I just, the idea of smelling like my testicles burning or whatever, you know, whatever you're, whatever you're burning at that point. <laughs> it's, it's not your testicles, but that's it's okay. It's like, yeah, it's not testicles. That's why after I said that, I'm like, that's stupid. But whatever it is. But you're just smelling like yourself cooking. Just, that's a <laughs> just weird. Justin doesn't remember anything because they drugged him. Oh, Justin had him put oh, him Justin put him out put him one, out. Right. Didn't put him out. He was just real real happy. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, "Whatever you want to do, man." <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe not whatever. Uh, maybe watching watching Justin s- slowly succumb to uh, what was the drug that they gave him? It's like a happy drug. It's like ecstasy. <laughs> yes, Aaron. <laughs> Have we talked about the fact that there is something about insurance companies that creates the best jingles ever? Have we ever talked about this? Have I Mm-mm. mentioned this theory? Insurance company, if you think of like the most memorable jingles commercial wise in the history of mankind and you do the top 10, like eight of them are insurance companies. And it's this is crazy. like national ones. And like I can't national. think of any right now. Give me a, what's an example? Uh, American Family Insurance. We are mm. farmers. Bum, 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 bum. Yeah, that's like, I that's mean, like, uh, like all the insurance, like it's just nationwide is on your side. Mm-hmm. Like it's crazy to me that. 877 cash now. Wait. <laughs> the greatest thing that I'm learning throughout this entire thing is i like there's just such a journey of not taking anything personal right they don't they don't know what they're doing i i remember having some friends and um who would say things like oh she knows what she's doing maybe to a certain degree you know kids know what they're doing like manipulatively like i know iris knows what she's doing when she's like um mom can i watch lion king please (laughs) (laughs) i know i know what she's doing there she has learned the art of, of an adorable please, and I can appreciate that. But when it comes to like her highly emotional, volatile reactions, I just I doesn't I don't think she has the capacity to just contain all of that yet. So just don't take it personal. So if she says she wants pizza and then I make pizza and then she doesn't want pizza, I don't take it personal. I'm just like, hey, sucks to be you. The the key will be she gets over it. not to take it personal when you're a hundred percent sure they mean it personal <laughs> like that's that, i think that comes later <laughs> yeah that's coming I, I think that comes later that is coming yeah. for sure my mom took me out <laughs> onto the porch i'll never forget it i don't i was six i was little and we went on the front porch swing my dad had built and she said you know we yelled each other a lot and i don't want to keep doing this and in my manipulative six-year-old brain i remember thinking i've won you just got through saying that your kid doesn't think that way and then you think back and like oh i thought that way i i know right well she's iris is three that's true but you're only three years away we're still real early you're halfway there it's coming i told iris yesterday i said iris i love you unconditionally I, i love you to the moon and back unconditionally and iris goes mama 
that's what daddy says to me. That's what daddy's supposed to say to Iris, not mommy. <laughs> I was like, okay. I thought I would just try to say something sweet. <laughs> I like that phrase. I think it's adorable when you guys do it. Apparently it's just for them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she yeah. wrote her name on Tuesday for the first time, completely independent with no assistance. Legibly wrote her name. That's awesome. So I'm, I'm very, very proud of her. And I'm glad that she didn't die on the way down the stairs because that would have really been a bummer. Um, yeah. Understatement. Yes. That, that would have not been good. <laughs> uh, yeah, I know. I only have the one kid, so I don't know any differently. But I'm really glad I don't have a dumb child. I I, I can't imagine how frustrating. It's not bad. That would be. It's not bad. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. There's something to be said about having like a big family like that. Like that's really cool. And I think especially like in like 10, 15 years, like when they're all older and they're having their kids and they have careers and you know what I'm saying. Like I, you're that's going to be awesome. Yeah, you know, it's 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 front loaded with a lot of crazy, especially when you have them all over the course of six years. Um, and so we we look back even now and are like, how did we survive? Like, how in the world did we even get here? Um, and, you know, it's just you do what you have to do. And uh, yeah, but we love it. We love all of them. And despite how we that's joke. We, well, that's good. <laughs> <laughs> That's a lot of testosterone in one house. It sure is. Although Aaron doesn't have a lot. Nope. So I guess that nope, probably They helps. make up for, for my femininity. <laughs> Which I've become more and more um, proud of over my life. Going back to that femininity, con- I, mean, I know you didn't mean it that way, but like you're just a well-rounded person. Like, I mean, yeah, I, I yeah. just noticed recently, like there's this whole thing about like, you know, the people refusing to wear masks and stuff. I, I just, this whole like, I'm not manly bullshit. Yeah, it's ridiculous. drives me insane. Yeah. Like, what the fuck is manly? And if it's what these people are telling me it is, I'm good. Yeah. Yeah. Like, there's a. Fuck you. <laughs> Get him, Jonathan. That's, that's, there's a little bit of irony in your Get response to, to not yeah. being manly true. enough. Just a little bit Very of irony true. there at the end. But, but I, to- aggressive. I totally, uh, I totally jive with where you're coming from. And the good news is I was, I was raised to be, uh, to be well adjusted enough to be confident about who I was. Um, and so even when people would call me a wimp or, you know, whatever, it didn't bother me. I just, I was who Which I was. Which is hilarious because you're like seven four. I don't know why anyone would call you a wimp. <laughs> uh, because I don't, I don't fight. I don't, I don't like to fight. I'm not because aggressive. you don't need to. I... <laughs> Nobody's going to fuck with you. He's a pacifist. Yeah. Even verbally, you know what I mean. Like it's just, I, yeah, I yeah, just, yeah. I'm not aggressive in those ways. If if you're coming at me, even with your words, I'm more likely to ask if you're okay than I am to come back at you. It's just, yeah, I don't know. It's just, I, and I'm thankful. I really am thankful. I do, I do think it's a positive thing. It's just, it's definitely not what I, when I was growing up, what was considered to be male. Like you know, men were manly and did manly things, and I don't know. Boys will be boys and fight each other and all that kind of stuff. I do remember playing basketball and going against a really aggressive team. And it was obvious their coach had told them to focus on me and just beat me down. And and they had they nice. they had uh, one guy they would bring off the bench and every time down the court he would just like be really physical and knock me over and push me and that kind of stuff and and uh, I just remember my responses to him in that game like uh, he, he once I think he he threw me on the ground once and went you smell dicer 
<laughs> I was like, and I said, "Yeah, that's why God gave me a nose, or something like that." I just, I'm just, yeah, I'm just picturing you like with your comebacks, and, and then and even in a scenario like that, and then, and then I, yeah, the coach told the guy to sweep the leg. Yeah, basically, clearly. basically, yeah. And then he 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 hit me in the side one time, like a little like kidney punch almost, uh, you know, under the boards, and uh, they called the foul, thankfully. Um, and I I turned to him and I said, "You know what? God loves you, and I'm trying real hard." <laughs> That was as aggressive as I ever got. Like, it's just, I don't know. Uh, It's just me. Um, I'm sorry. My husband just decided to walk into my recording studio while we're recording the show. What's up, Justin? Is there something that you need, babe? (laughs) No? Then get the fuck out. Oh, so you do want something. You want to completely just stop the show. Okay. Say hi. Well, hello, everybody. (laughs) Okay, bye. Okay, bye. I'm guessing my child's okay. Yeah, she's somewhere. She's good. He says. Oh good my deal. gosh. What's um, what's Jonathan's part? Jonathan, what would I don't you? Know, is Aaron like? a cyborg? What the hell is that? When I, I cover know. my mic like this, I sound like Kylo Ren. You do. Oh, it does sound like Kylo Ren. You're right. <laughs> give me cool. give me a good Kylo Ren line. Penis. All right, let's insert this, shall we? <laughs> like a steak knife in an ass. <laughs> Oh, look, I found my out. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. <laughs> 